Consequence Podcast Network. This episode brought to you by Nick, Nick B. B. Hey, Nick Fun B. Fun fact about Nick B. He was a fisherman. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah? That's how he got the whale and ate it, was he's a fisherman. I guess that checks oh. out, yeah. He was on a whaling ship, a whaler. Yeah. Mm, it's a mm-hmm. vessel, I think, when it's for whales. Okay. Yarr! <laughs> this episode also brought to you by... Ori! Hey, Ori, and we are so excited because yeah. this is the patron formerly known as Ryan, who's yes. officially changed her name to Ori, and I love it. It's so pretty. Yeah, congratulations. Yes, congratulations. So I am super grateful um, for Ori in general, and... Ori invented the best thing in the world, guys. Is it cold brew? It's fucking amazing. Uh. No, it's not cold brew, but (laughs) Ori invented the most amazing treat in the world. So take a Reese's Uh. cup. It's a Reese's cup, guys. And put fucking Reese's pieces in there. Yeah. It is amazing. They make that. Like, oh that gosh. is a thing they make. I know, but Ori just mailed some to me, and I just found out about it the other day. And, oh, my God. <laughs> it's like, I'm going to eat these for the rest of my life. It is the best of both worlds. Yeah. Yeah. And they have one that's kind of like a Snickers, too, except it's Reese's Cups with caramel and Reese's Pieces in there. And, oh, my God. I've actually never Ori. had one, but it sounds amazing. Oh, my God, you're a genius, yeah. Ori. Ori, I think that's a beautiful name, and congratulations. This episode also brought to you by Matt. Orca Borka. Hey, Matt. <laughs> well, his name isn't Orca Borka, though. His name, no. So we still got to say his name is Matt. Right. His name is Matt. And yep. Matt is from Sweden, as the yep. Orca Borka may have suggested to you, and he wants us to give you guys some fun Swedish facts. Now, I'll be honest with you, my Swedish fact this week does expand past Sweden's borders, but I'll make it make sense when we get there. Hmm. Here's the fact. Hmm. An average of 1,836,000 meatballs are eaten daily in all of Ikea's 313 <laughs> stores worldwide. That's a lot of meatballs. That's a lot of meatballs. Yes, Mikey, it is. Uh, and the way it ties in is that Ikea was founded in Sweden in 1943 by someone whose name I'm going to butcher. Is it Ikea? It is Jonathan Smith Ikea. <laughs> no, it is Ingvar Kamprad. And, and I probably butchered that. I'm so sorry. We now return you to another episode of The, the Patreonicals. Patreonicals. Isaac and the forces of Thunderdome, Dington, were defeated <laughs> by Eddie. I am defeated. That's right. And Isaac retreated. He only has a few people with him. Right. Everyone else died. They're all dead. Oh, everybody else in the Patreonicals died? No, no, no. Just Isaac's army. I'll say this. Oh. If you're a named character, you're probably safe. <laughs> but if you were described previously as some Terminator-type robots, you're probably dead at this point. (laughs) Eddie was like, this is our chance. We can destroy them forever. Gather up everybody, and we're going to go to Thunderdome and burn it down. Nice. This is our Thunderdomington day. (laughs) Yeah. So they've gathered up, and Eddie Eddie found Tristan broken and malfunctioning because he was trying to tunnel under everything. Oh, no. I was never programmed to tunnel. (laughs) Jen, he was programmed to tunnel. He just wasn't programmed to tunnel while fighting gophers. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's sad because, um, you know, he was his friend once, and then he got turned mm. into a Terminator robot made to kill him. So he loads him into the car, too, and he's like, maybe we can repair him and fix him back over in Thunderdome. Oh, nice. Okay. So, yeah, so they're doing that, and all the mammals and people are going with them to go kill everyone at Thunderdome because they're tired of all that stuff. So cut to Thunderdome, and uh, Michael's there. He's raising an army to overthrow Isaac because he's tired of war and he wants to make peace with Mammaltopia. Right. Okay. Sounds good. It checks out. Matthew is knocked out on the motorcycle. Mickey Mac is driving with the koala 
And Kate is kind of tired because she killed 100 Terminator robots from the sub. Yeah, she kept fisting them over and over and over. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. but with their own fists. Yeah, it was amazing. And Kate and Matthew, and, and they're like, oh, my God, something's going to happen at Thunderdome. I could just chip and Dell. We're headed this way. Hey, you said it right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, they, they they saw the submarine turn into a plane and take off, right? So they saw the direction yeah, it was uh-huh, going. Yeah, uh-huh. they know. I can feel it subbing in the air tonight. <laughs> and Michael's on the roof of the tallest building, and he's like psyching his people up. And uh-huh. uh, he's like, all right, guys, when they get here, we're just going to surrender, and we're going to make peace, and we're going to give them everything they want. We're going to join them because they are better people. Like, we, we've done wrong. Like, look what we've done. We've killed these people. We The hmm. bloodlust is real. Maybe there's a better way than having two people fight to the death to decide things. Yeah, maybe it's there a is. a point every civilization gets to at some point. <laughs> so he goes up to his penthouse to like chill out and wait for uh, Eddie and his army to get here. Mm-hmm. Then a bright light comes <gasps> down on top of the penthouse. The same one that saved Kate from the Thunderdome. Oh. Oh, my God. And then Michael looks behind him, and it's the Golden Retriever. What? From Homeward Bound? From Homeward Bound. Yes, Jen, you're correct. Oh, <laughs> oh my, my God. God. And the Homeward Bound Golden Retriever says, Michael, uh, <laughs> I, I'm with the Illuminati. The Bark Illuminati. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and us and the Knights Templar are together to control the planet. And while we can't have you surrendering to Mammaltopia, Thunderdome has to die and it has to burn. Mm, so then the dog wow. is like, I'm sorry, but you have to die. And oh, no. <laughs> and just the little cat from Homeward Bound was right behind him the whole time. And the cat just slices his neck. Just like sli- he just bleeds out right there. Slowly. The cat goes puss in boots all over him and just yeah. stabs him to death like Zorro. Slashes his throat. The the dogs disappear. The dog and cat. The Homeward Bound animals disappear. The Illuminati. Did they disappear through light like they appeared through light? Yeah. Okay. And so then um, some people from Thunderdome come up there and like, oh, shit, Michael's been murdered. They'll never accept our surrender. We must fight to the death. All right. Mm. Now, if you cut down Mickey Mac, Matthew, and Kate, they all saw really strange stuff above the penthouse. They saw the submarine hovering above the penthouse when all that happened. In the flash of lightning, right? Yeah, in the flash of light. No, well, in, in the beams of light going down. Oh, wait. So the homeward bound animals are from the submarine? Yeah. Oh, they're so they're working, working with together. Chip and Dell. Right. Yes. Holy shit. I need to, like, put in the dun, dun, dun. I know. <laughs> I feel like that I mean, was a big-ass all... revelation right there. Okay, so what's going to happen when everyone gets to Thunderdome? When did the Templars and the Illuminati get together? How the fuck did the animals from Homeward Bound develop light travel? Find <laughs> out next week on another <laughs> episode of The, the Patreonicals. This episode finally brought to you by Chris. Chris, Chris just wants everyone to know that uh, you are not alone. You are loved. Um, no matter how scary and alone it might seem sometimes, there's always somebody who will listen. Um, there's always somebody you can talk to. The Facebook group is a great place to go to for that. Guys, the theme music spilled its liquor all over me while I was driving, and we just Uh-oh. ran over some pedestrian that may or may not be a sad teenager or a murderer. You didn't run over him. He flew up and hit Ryan Philippi in the face on top of the car. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, theme music. I don't think she likes me. Did she hear the podcast? Yeah, is it because she listened to the podcast, Mikey? Yesterday, she made me come over, and uh, she made me hold her uh, guinea pig while she tried to cut the guinea pig's nails. And that's like... That's, that's like not what I was ready for. <laughs> that's, that's like relationship stuff, so I'm out. And you want to be a father. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Horror Virgin, everyone. <laughs> I'm Jen. 
I'm Mikey. And I'm the horror virgin Todd, which means I don't like scary movies and you guys make me watch them. And this week, you guys made me watch a movie about teens that murder people. I know what you did last summer. Technically, yes. Yes. Wait, we'll get to it because, you know. I mean, this. Thoughts about this okay, that's fine. This movie follows the villains. That's all I'm saying. This is the well, movie that true. follows the villain characters in the movie and then portrays them as the heroes. Yeah, um, it, it's there's some complexity to this movie until the third act. They're like, "Huh, I'm not a bad person." Oh, thank <laughs> yeah. goodness! Yeah. Oh, yeah. my life is so much better now that I realized we're not murderers. But I honestly, exactly, I sort of get that. The guilt of murdering somebody would weigh on me so much that I <laughs> do not talk <laughs> like, to my ex boyfriend, and I cannot pass. <laughs> college so i right. get it or wash my hair i get it yeah exactly it's, exactly i get it it's until you find out you tried to murder a murderer and then you're like oh, i tried to murder a murderer. He was a murderer oh then we were justified in murdering exactly him. yeah it's like when jaws tried to save all the teenagers from seacopter you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah you don't know the bad shit seacopter was into guys i know man it was the 70s so you know cocaine anyway so hey we watched i know what you did last summer <laughs> yes we did yes we did I've got a lot of thoughts about this movie. I could I write a too. dissertation. Well, we're going to get into them, Mikey. So you guys, I'm sure, have seen this movie before, right? In theaters. You saw it in theaters? Jen, did you see it in theaters? I don't remember if I saw it in theaters or not, but I'm positive that I would have gone to see it in theaters. Sure. I just don't have a memory of it. Right, yeah. right, right. Which kind of sums up a lot of my feelings of this movie. <laughs> so how did you feel about it when you first saw it? Uh, I thought it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's a movie. Uh, Jen, how did you feel about it when you first saw it? Um, I think I, at the time, knew that it was not as good as Scream, which is what it's clearly trying to do. But I did really like it. Yeah. And it's a fun, like, nostalgic kind of comfort movie. You know, there's a lot of great things in here. But I feel like, in general, it's kind of, it just feels kind of hollow to me, you know? I would definitely say that this is the Scream B team. And yes. it's, it's just not as good as Scream. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. I It yeah. did feel very nostalgic for me, even though I never saw it when it first came out in the 90s. But the mm-hmm. music oh, yeah. was so 90s. Yeah. The clothes were so 90s that they're also sort of back in style now, which is weird. But uh-huh. it, it just wasn't nearly as good as Scream. But it had a lot no. of Scream elements. So I honestly didn't hate it. I feel like Scream is such a better movie that it doesn't like seem as 90s as this well and so that's one of the things i was reading about this because scream is really trying to be like a meta slasher and it's got a lot of those kind of meta elements and this movie's not really trying to do it like what they were trying to do was kind of update the 80s slashers and it, i yeah. feel like it does a good job of that it's just it there's not as much depth to it as i think scream no. and so like when you're comparing the two like, it's obviously not as good, but there is still a lot to love. But the funny thing, like, I was telling you guys I was reading the synopsis right before we started because I watched this movie last night. Yeah. I've seen this movie a lot, although I don't think it was ever one that I loved enough to own. Sure, but you've seen it more than twice. Exactly. Yeah, yeah but I had forgotten a lot of the plot. I just don't think it's super memorable. There are things that are amazing and that are very memorable, but... It was definitely like watching the movie for the first time. I didn't remember basically any of it. I will say that <laughs> I called this movie super early on. It was mm-hmm. very, very easy to tell what was going to happen. And then I just sort of sat back and enjoyed the ride of it. And, it. and it is sort of an interesting ride. It's not... I don't. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. I did not hate this movie. I think people yeah. should watch the movie. It's worth seeing. It's a little insane, but it's interesting. Todd, did you find the, the Gordon's Fisherman really scary? No. 
Yeah. Okay. So, and I have a, another question for you too, because this okay. has been parodied a lot in pop culture. Like the Simpsons have a great version of it. Um, so did you, had you seen, were you familiar with the plot? Not at all. But you, you saw it coming because of the heavy handed writing. Well, I, I will say this. I did know that it was about teens that like covered up something, possibly a murder. And then that came back to haunt them later. Yeah. Like I know what you did last summer in, sort of implies that. Exactly. Uh, yeah. But no, I did not really know that it was going to be G- the Gordon's fisherman. I didn't know that it was going to be him attacking them. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Which is, I mean, I don't know. We'll get into it. Yeah. In yeah. fact, why don't we just get into the fucking movie? Let's do yeah, it. Let's do All it. right. So we start with. God, the music is so bad in the very beginning. It's so 90s. It is very 90s. Yeah. Say what you will about Typo Negative, which is the band that did this opening song. They sound very 90s, and it's just a sound that, like, really is annoying to me at this point yeah. in my life. <laughs> I actually really, really loved the opening of this movie because I was, and I think that was just the nostalgia of it. The Rocky Shore is so cool. It and, is. like, I want to move to a town with a lighthouse, you know? It's, <laughs> oh, yeah. I want to live by really... the beach. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did terrify me that this guy who is, I'll say, at least passively suicidal, is just sitting on the edge of a cliff. Like right on the edge. You would not do that. Like, please never do that. Don't do it while you're drinking. A strong summer breeze is going to knock you off of that, right? You're not going to feel fine. Let's just say. No, you are not. Yeah. So we got a guy who's um, who's wearing Fisher overalls and he's sitting and he's drinking on the cliffs and he's sad and he's spinning the spinny pendant. Yeah. Spinning on my I love you pendant. It is very sad. But it's beauty pageant time. And okay, so this is one of the things that I love about this movie. And it's not the beauty pageant. Right. It's like the (laughs) feel. Sorry, I figured that, Jen. It's just this feeling of like this town. It feels very kind of like spooky, creepy, small and contained. It's like, I love the imagery. It just, it's, it really works for me. It feels like a small town that is stuck in 1965. Mm -hmm. In a good way. Yeah, I don't hate that. And honestly, all of that down to like, they're at a local theater and that the women mm-hmm. are wearing one-piece bathing suits. They're not, like, wearing bikinis or anything like that. It was probably more 90s. Uh, yeah. And the whole aesthetic is very, like, you know, 60s. Yeah, I would say that the town might be the best character of the, sh- the movie. Um, it's certainly um, the best actor of the movie. Uh, 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 pardon me. <laughs> Buffy Summers is in this movie, okay? Is I that will Buffy have the Vampire know. Slayer? Yes. Okay, let's okay. get this out of the way. Buffy should have been playing Jennifer Love Hewitt's role, and Jennifer Love Hewitt should have been playing Buffy's role, and they don't work in the cross role. You don't think Jennifer Love Hewitt comes across as a very, very smart woman? I thought no. she did fine. I, I didn't hate it. First off, they try to ugly her up all film, and it fails horribly. She is a beautiful woman, yeah. No one has worn that many wool sweaters in July in a summer. <laughs> in a- I didn't notice that. Yeah. Hey, there's a summer breeze, Mikey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and it's very cold in up. North Carolina. But it was so funny to see her wearing a long sleeve sweater and a long skirt. Right next to Sarah Michelle Gellar wearing like a tank top and cutoffs. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, absolutely. One of these things is not like the other. Well, first, uh, after the murder thing, they, they try to make her gothy, which is like the dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life. Like, That's emo. how 90s understood sadness. <laughs> I completely missed that she went through her goth phase. She did. Her Exi- bangs were limp. <laughs> She didn't wash her hair for a while. Is that what that means? And that's not quite goth because she wears a lot of like light colors. Jim, I have a metaphor for you that's terrible, but I will bring it on, Mikey. As as Jennifer Love Hewitt heals, she wears less and less clothes. I mean, yeah, I got a it. fun fact about about that a little bit. <laughs> Can I ask a, a real question though? Yeah. When Buffy the Vampire Slayer is on stage in a one piece bathing suit, and they ask her what her future plans are, and she <laughs> says that she's going to go to New York to become a serious actress. 
Uh-huh. Is that like a slap in the face to like comedic actresses or is that like, I, I just did not understand what that was. And it was insane to me. That was just, that just means I'm definitely not going to do pornography. <laughs> yeah. I do think that's kind of what it was implying. I'm going to go to New York, but I'm going to be like a serious actress. Right. Well, she knows Bridesmaids not going to get her that crown. That's a good movie, but people don't think women are funny. So Disagree, you know. but whatever. Yeah. I love no, Bridesmaids. Hey. Yeah, and guys, that was Jen that said that women aren't no, funny. That was yeah, not I me. I didn't say Jen, that. I, I said women are funny. People, yeah. I said people don't think women are funny. Yeah, and those people are wrong, Jen. They're stupid. Exactly. Yeah. I'm fucking hilarious. Well, waka waka, bitches. Uh, <laughs> wow. Humor implies a warmness that I don't think you have right now. <laughs> <laughs> My God. <laughs> oh, wow. All right. But she does end up winning Miss Small Town or whatever the she award does. is, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think she's great in this role. She is my favorite part of this movie, and I think her death sequence. I'm sorry, you is think Buffy the, the Vampire part. Slayer is the best part of this movie? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, I think Sarah Michelle Gellar is the wink link of this cast right now. Oh, I'm I, sorry. I, Did you see Freddie Prince Jr.? Did you hear oh, what he talked? Oh shit! I forgot how bad he. Yeah. Okay. You're all right. He, that's fair. They kept him off screen because they knew how bad he. Like he's not even yeah. in the movie except for the first ten minutes and the last ten minutes. Something that drove me crazy is when they're at the pageant or whatever this is, right? Yeah, Miss. Town. <laughs> you don't want to call him that, Jen. <laughs> While she's winning Miss Clamtown, Ferdy Prince Jr. and that guy that Jen made out with once are uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Guys. I feel like we're going to have to clarify that because that episode is no longer available. <laughs> Is it not? Where we talked about it. No, I think it was the intro episode. Freddie Prince Jr. in front of his girlfriend, who is Jennifer Love Hewitt, is talking uh-huh. about Sarah Michelle Gellar's boobs. And Jennifer yeah. Love Hewitt seems like, yeah, she does have a great wreck. Like, I don't think that that's how a woman would respond to her boyfriend ogling her best friend's tits. Uh, and of course, Mikey's going to defend it. <laughs> no, unless you're Jennifer Love Hewitt, who arguably has maybe perfection. She is an attractive woman, yeah. Also, at this it took me 20 minutes to find out if they were dating or not. I didn't know they were dating until, like, they had sex. What, Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince Jr.? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think it's just because Freddie Prince Jr. is not a good actor that you yep. couldn't really tell if they're together or not. But, yeah, I sort yeah. of had that trouble, too. And then on the beach scene, which we're about to get to, she starts taking her clothes off, and he goes, are you sure you want to do this? And she's like, mm-hmm. and we're all <laughs> like, yeah, hang on. Are you sure? Like, what's, go- what's happening right, right now? <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, it's not just his fault. The writing, like he doesn't say anything about like, she's my girlfriend. Don't hit on her. Or right. she doesn't say anything like you're my boyfriend. Don't talk about her booze. Nothing. And, it's and just he, ignored. And Freddie Prince Jr.'s first line of dialogue is how attractive another woman is. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think that that confusion is warranted, Mikey. Yes. Right. Also, like, doesn't Johnny Galecki know that they're dating? Like, this is a small right. town. There are like five kids in this age range. Who is that? Johnny Galecki, Max. Oh, yeah, the, sorry. The guy who they tried to cast as a bully, but also doesn't work at all. Holy shit, yeah. I hated Max's character. Because yeah. in this next scene that's right right after the pageant, which we may as well just get to. The party? Yeah, like, he's walking around and, like, just sort of walking through the party. And then Ryan, yeah. like, Ryan is always at 10. Ryan, who is Ryan Phillippe, sorry. Yes, I called him Ryan through the movie. Okay, yeah. He's always at, like, 11. He is so uh-huh. mad. He jumps to violence immediately. This is a guy who's on cocaine the whole time. He has uh-huh. no I love, impulse I love control. him in this movie. I love his character. He, <laughs> Mikey, that does not surprise me at all. I no, know. because he's like, he plays such a good douchebag. Like, oh, it's, okay, he yeah. sold it. He is a I good douchebag. I do think he's bag. good in the yeah. role. And, and he, I uh-huh. think he and Jennifer Love Hewitt are the better actors of the leads, mm-hmm. right? 
And that is a very low bar, but that is the bar that is set by this movie. Uh, but he grabs Max and he literally calls him Chum Bait. I, I was like, Chum is bait, you fucking dreamboat. Stop <laughs> saying stupid shit like that. Johnny Galecki comes out and asks, it asks her out in the creepiest way. Oh, yeah. Because he says, like, we've been friends forever. You can't just leave without a goodbye. A fucking yes, she can. Get away from her. When you say the creepiest way, you mean sort of like, she owes him to go out with him uh-huh. because he's been her friend for years. And if yep. they were really friends, he would know that she's dating somebody. Exactly. And right. He would also know that she isn't interested. This uh-huh. is why I hate the friend zone myth so much. Yep. He does it in front of like, I guess her boyfriend, which we don't learn till later, but <laughs> <laughs> and Ryan Phillippe, who obviously has killed like four people in this town already. <laughs> I think if I were Max or Jonathan Gillespie or whatever made up name, Johnny you're giving Galecki, him, Johnny Galecki, you know, he's in Christmas vacation too, right? Oh wait, yeah, that's his name. His real name is rusty. Jonathan Galecki. Yeah. 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 That's unfortunate. It's rusty for Christmas vacation. Or David from Roseanne. He's beloved. Wait, he was in Roseanne too? Yes. He's yeah, the he son. Was Holy shit. Boyfriend. Okay, whatever. He's been in everything. I knew I recognized him, but anyway, in all fairness to Max in this movie, when he asked out Jennifer Love Hewitt, if Freddie Prince Jr. had come up and been like, hey, we're actually dating, he probably would have been like, oh shit, really? I had no idea because you yeah. indicate none of that, Freddie Prince Jr. Because <laughs> you were just talking your about her friend. It's like they shot the first three scenes of this first and then shot the beach scene where like it's obvious they're together like at the very end of filming. And he was like, oh, shit, we're dating this whole time. Oh, I didn't read that part. Yeah, he's like, I did not know that. (laughs) I wish I had known that. So the thing that bugs me, but well, the whole thing bugs me. But like so Ryan goes up and like rage pushes him away from. Well, yeah, and that's when he calls him chum bait. And honestly, that should have been Freddie Prince Jr. If that was his girlfriend. Ryan is just on coke the entire movie. So he's like shaking him and calling him chum bait. But then (laughs) As they walk away, as Freddie Prince Jr. comes over and, like, takes her hand and pulls her away, she, like, turns around and she's like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You had consequences for being an asshole to me. Yeah. Well, and and Max is a huge asshole in this movie. Yep. So, I mean, he's an asshole here, even though it's a little bit more subdued. But when we Mm -hmm. see him later, he's a huge asshole. Yep. He's an incel. Absolutely. This is my favorite part of the the movie is when Freddie Prince's group of friends just enable Ryan Phillippe's addictions. They're like, oh, he's too drunk to like be at this party. Let's go to the beach. Yeah, let's let him drive us to the beach. Exactly. Let's have our coked out drunk friend drive us to the beach so we can tell the story of this movie through urban legend myths. Right. Okay, so that's the next thing. We see them on a beach, and it's really cool. Like, I kind of want to have a bonfire on a beach now. It was really cool the way they shot it, too. And this is probably the only shot in the movie I'll ever say that about. But it's shot, (laughs) and it slowly reveals them on the other side of a, like, worn out boat that's on the beach which i thought that was really cool i I thought that was a cool Mm -hmm. shot so they're on the beach and they're talking about the story of the hook and this is absolutely a conversation i would have had with some people you've had this conversation on story time episodes like no joke we've already had that's true yeah 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 so if you are curious about the origins of the story check out one of our bonus episodes the hook i think it's lover's lane yeah it is it's one of your first story times that you did jen and what's interesting is they all have different variations of the story and then julia's like no it's just like using like just shaming people into not having premarital sex, which might have been, this might've been the beginning of me really liking to analyze urban legends. You know, <laughs> I'm sorry. Are you accrediting? I know what you did last summer with your interest in feminism and horror. Hang on. No, no, Hang on. <laughs> no. With my interest in deconstructing <laughs> urban legends. <laughs> uh, okay. Okay. Thank God. That was very scary for a second. Well, Jen. and then the next year urban legend would have come out, which, well, would have- yeah. which I think is the better version of this movie. 
Absolutely. So then now, Helen and Ryan, Helen is uh, Buffy. Just call her are, Buffy. They're talking about- <laughs> the first time I realized her name was Helen was just now. I did not know her oh, yeah? name was Helen. I called her Buffy the entire time, and uh-huh. I did not hear anyone call her anything other than Buffy, because in my mind, anytime someone was talking to her, they were saying the word Buffy. But Buffy and the Cokehead are literally talking about how planned out their life is. Like, she's going to uh-huh. go, and she will be in her second year of a very specific, like, uh-huh. soap opera. Guiding light. And then he's going to be the quarterback for the Steelers, and then they're, they're going to go off to Cowboys. A, <laughs> oh, sorry, the Cowboys. And then they're going to no, go off to her. he corrects her. Oh, does he? And then... Uh-huh. <laughs> I didn't realize that. And then they're going to go off to a tropical location and she's going to allow him to impregnate her with their first of three kids. Like it was this very specific and ridiculous plan. Yeah. After he gets her pregnant, he goes to rehab for the first time. She says that. Yes. Mm -hmm. She also says that it's not going to take because she says the first time. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so I want to mention Alexander West wrote a book called the 1990s teen horror cycle. And she's got a chapter about this movie and she actually goes into a lot of detail about what this, these conversations represent about where like this generation was, because this was after like the OJ trial and it was after like the Monica Lewinsky thing. So there's a lot of like social commentary of the time that's baked in. We're not going to go into it, but I highly recommend this book because it's really interesting. At least that chapter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the whole book is great. Like it's got, it's talking about the nineties teen horror movies. So does it talk about like like, all of them, like scream and all of those? It does. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Cool. It's, Oh, it's one of my favorites about horror. So anyways, check that out. So guys, if you read, check out that book. So now we cut back to Freddie and Jennifer love hewitt and they are not quite so blatantly about to hook up but so jennifer she's <laughs> no freddie <laughs> prince seems as surprised as we do i know this whole scene i was like are they friends well so what i think it is is i think this is kind of playing into that slasher like virgin final girl kind of trope so they're not making her super sexual i get that but they do have sex here so she they do. Yeah. Very yeah, yeah. clearly isn't a virgin at least right now i'm not sure if she lost her virginity on the beach but whatever it's none of my business I don't right shit. but this is my favorite line of the full movie is you know high school sweethearts have the most success of any kind of oh type my of god cite your source mikey <laughs> <laughs> i did i really liked that part but so they're about to go to different colleges and they're like oh yeah sure we'll still date which you know i thought that they were actually talking about how they weren't going to be able to date because they'd be in different places no they said they would because that's when he's talking about the relationship will make it you're in boston i'm in new york or- yeah but the Boston and New York are not super far away. You can take a train to go there. Like, staying together is plausible, I think. Yeah, but this is before FaceTime. This is also before they murder somebody. So, I mean, plans get thrown asunder. And that's, like, one of the elements I think is interesting about this movie. It's just kind of like a a change of life movie, you know, where, like, they're, like, growing. It's like a coming-of-age kind of story because they're, like, losing their innocence and seeing how, Mm -hmm. like, friendships fracture and, like, relationships. You you really try to keep it together. Like, my boyfriend and I, we went to the same college, but he went a year before me, and we were like, yeah, we'll definitely stay together. And nope. And that was a the same college you know you just change in between my sophomore and junior year my girlfriend went to college and we broke up and then the next year it happened again like with a different girl so like that is very common you know right yeah it's just not gonna work out some do but like a lot of times it doesn't and that's okay i had to be realistic with myself yeah (laughs) well that's why i think this conversation (laughs) is interesting because i think they're both kind of aware of that you know whereas buffy and ryan have like this whole future planned out that's like so unrealistic they are living out a cocaine haze and they have mm-hmm. no idea what life is really like. I don't think Ryan Philippi is super invested in that plan. Oh, no. He just wanted to get laid. 
I mean, it sounds like a fabulous plan, though. So, I mean, he, I guess he would be like, okay, fine. But we, if you break me. down the dialogue, Jen, we know he's not set on them being together because he changes the name of the team from the Steelers, which is closer to New York, where she's going to be, to the Cowboys, which is right. almost as far away from New York as you wow. can get. This is that in-depth analysis that I come to this podcast Absolutely. For. So Ryan Phillippe, not only is he high on coke the whole movie and drunk most of the time, he also does not want to be with his girlfriend and takes death as sweet release. Yeah. I, he's just got, he needs some therapy. He needs to chill the fuck out also. Jen, 100% is in the mode of, I can fix him. I, yeah. well, look, I tried. Yeah. <laughs> allegedly, For the Jen, record. you allegedly tried. Allegedly, yes, meaning it Did didn't really actually happen. Did you make out with him? <laughs> no. Here's no. where, okay, yeah. here's the genesis of this story. I forgot that the intro episodes changed to include Mikey now, so we no longer right. have that story. Usually tell it here. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Ryan Phillippe and Reese Witherspoon were dating. They were dating at this time when this movie was shot and I got fun facts about that, but they were married for a long time. But so Reese Witherspoon is from Nashville. Yeah, she is. Yeah. And she and I dated the same person. So at not uh, at the same time, but like we share an ex-boyfriend. What's so stupid is like, I used to hate Reese Witherspoon and I wouldn't watch any of her movies because I was so jealous of this guy, like this stupid guy that we both dated that neither of us dated anymore because he's an asshole. I told this story <laughs> close in close proximity to me telling a story about how I also used to make out with people behind the theater at Nipper's Corner. So did I. And somehow uh. Todd has retconned this story into <laughs> me making out with Ryan Phillippe behind the Nipper's Corner Theater. And I'm not exactly sure how we got listen, there, but the legend has grown. Yes, yes. And listen, I also made out with people behind that theater that no longer exists anymore. So, so I right. mean, I might have made out with Ryan Phillippe back there. I don't know. It was a strange time in my life. Here. Yeah, it, it, it was dark. Yeah. A lot of trees mm -hmm. back there. You have no idea what's happening. But so that's where the legend of mm. Jen and Ryan Phillippe came from. And honestly, Ryan Phillippe, if uh. you want to refute this, you come on this podcast <laughs> and either <laughs> admit or deny that you and Jen made out behind the Nippers Corner Theater. What? Yeah, Ryan Phillippe, if you've made out with both Todd and Jen, uh, I'm on board. You have to make out with me now. <laughs> Here's the irony to that story, because as listeners know, I am very vocal about who I am into when we watch these movies. Yeah. And I just have never really been into Ryan Phillippe. Oof. He's just not not really my no. type, you know? Do you think it's because Reese Witherspoon got with him? No, I think it's because he's so fucking angry in this movie and I don't like it. You're not attracted to cokeheads anymore? Anymore is very <laughs> correct, yeah. We all made mistakes. So now it's time to go after everybody is, I guess, cleaned up and had sand sex. So have you guys ever done that? Have you guys ever had sex on a beach no. with no blanket? Don't do that. I mean, yeah, that's the, what I've heard. Yeah. Oh, man, it's a nightmare. You'll find sand in weird places weeks afterwards. It's just a recipe for infection. Yes, don't do it. You know? I mean, honestly, sex on a beach, great. Bring a towel, though, is all I'm saying. Yeah. Bring a towel, bring a blanket, whatever, or go to the car. Why did they bring a blanket? It was like right they were right near the fire. They're in high school, Mikey. Well, let me tell <laughs> yeah. you, high school, high school Mikey kept a blanket blanket in his toolbox in his truck oh and it never got used shut up <laughs> <laughs> oh my god anyway now they are driving away and they are well barry is shit-faced so they don't want him to drive that's ryan yeah and i do like that they are responsible enough to have let ryan who was coked out and drunk drive them there 
but not yeah. drive them home. <laughs> That's where they draw the line. Right. We do see them take the keys away, and he's like a typical asshat about it, but they yep. nobody drives my car except for me. But anyway, so right. they let Freddie Prince Jr. drive, which is a bad mm. idea, but whatever. It's what happens. He does look like he's got 10 and 2. I mean, it, it is a better idea than letting him drive, letting Ryan drive, because he's shit-faced, right. right? But, of course, Ryan sticks his head out the sunroof, and he's like, woo, I'm rich as fuck, and my life is great, and I don't give a shit about anybody. And he drops I'm never going to die. Yeah. <laughs> I am a golden <laughs> god. And he, <laughs> and he drops his liquor onto Freddie Prince Jr.'s lap. As they're trying to pick that up and clean that up, they slam into someone. Someone. Question mark. And his right. boot goes flying and they freak out. And then they get out mm-hmm. of the car and go check it out. And man, I hated when Jennifer Love Hewitt walks around the corner with Freddie Prince uh-huh. Jr. And instead of saying, hey, the body's over here, what we hear is, ah! or whatever. It's so out of the blue. It's, it's so, so weird. It's so weird. Yeah, it is so weird. Anyway. Uh-huh. My favorite part's the body hitting Ryan Philby the face. It does bounce he- right off his face. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> How did his entire top half of his body not get cut off Final Destination style? He's like, that's not my blood. Yeah. I'm totally uninjured. Uh, but yeah, uh, so he's fine, except still drunk and furious. At first, they can't see anything. They don't know what they've hit. They just know it they hit something. It was a deer or a dog or something. Which right. I, I would say is a fair thing to think. You know, it's, it, yeah, you're going to assume hope. it wasn't a person, right? Until they find a bloody boot. Ooh. Yeah. And they're like, what is this all about? And then they, ah. the other shoe drops and they find the bottom. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. <laughs> yes, Jen. Oh, yes. Fantastic. And so they turn around and they say, oh, I think there's another booter. Yeah. And then nobody else screams. They're like, no, the it's fuck? just Dude. her. Everyone has their shit together. But for whatever reason, Jennifer Love Hewitt, who normally has her shit together, loses her shit. That's one of the things, like, I was reading some stuff and they were praising her screams. I was like, no, that's one of the things that I really disliked. Because it just, it's like she's at an emotional level that nobody else is on. And it just feels weird. Read the room, Jennifer. Exactly. Or everybody else acts some more. Anyway, so they're trying to, like, what do we do? Is he dead? Feel for a pulse or whatever. And and Freddie Prince Mm -hmm. Jr. is like, I think he's dead. But I'm not a medical doctor, so I have no idea. And to be fair, she does say that. Jennifer Love Hewitt, she's like, No, 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 we need to call an ambulance because you're not a doctor and you can't say if he's dead or not. This is 1000% a time where they should have listened to the women in the movie because Uh it is an accident. Yeah, it was an accident and they're minors. But and Freddie Prince Jr. is like, I'm covered in alcohol. They're going to assume I'm drunk. They may assume that he's drunk, but they could do a breathalyzer test and tell he's not drunk. Like, right. They would be fine if they just called the cops. What I think this is so interesting, this scene is. Like, they clearly don't trust the police to believe what they're saying. And there's a level of Freddie Prince Jr. is like, no, I'm from a poor family, yeah. so they're not going to be- they're not going to give me money. the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Exactly. Or even if they do, I can't pay for a lawyer to defend me, yeah. you know? And then Ryan is like, well, I've got this perfect future planned out for me, so why should this mistake that I made ruin all of that, which is... Something we hear, unfortunately, too much. Because what about this guy that you just ran over? He had a future, too. And doesn't Ryan say something about he'll lose his college football scholarship Uh or some shit like that? Yeah. And it's just going to wreck the whole rest of our lives. Which I think, like, I can understand that. And I understand wanting to pretend this terrible thing didn't happen. And one of the things I think is interesting about this movie is it kind of explores how that weighs on you, even if you are able to get away with it. Yeah. And the consequences to the people that you hurt with this stupid mistake. Mm -hmm. Um, Because, yeah, the 
of course they don't want to have to face the consequences for that. But I mean, that happens and you have to live with what you've done. Yep. And the best thing they could have done was call the police. Yes. Yes. This whole movie would have been like a 911 phone call away from not happening. Although, yeah. to kind of reflect what's happening right now, I can understand them not wanting to call the police and not trusting the justice system to protect them, you know. Um, I mean, they're white. They'd be fine, which is unfortunate. Yeah, That's privileged. unfair. I'm not, but that is sort of the problem with the justice system right now. Right, exactly. And, but there's also that ev- level of like classism, which I think they're kind of trying to go for. I just don't think there's much of a difference. And I'm talking about in society right now. Like I grew up poor and white. I wasn't raised to be afraid of the cops, you know? Yeah. I would say there is some level of classism in our society, but it's much more racist than classist. I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Although class and race do go hand in hand a lot of ways. Well, yeah, because of redlining and other minority things, like and right. other systemic you know, racism. Yeah, yeah systemic yeah. racism. Yeah, absolutely. Ben, what I'm saying is I feel like if this movie were made now, there would have been a willingness to make that more a part of the conversation. And here, because there's no diversity in the cast, yeah, they just can't really go there. You and, know? and even the stuff they try to pull about the classism, where like he says he's poorer than the other families, the only person who seemed actually rich was Ryan Phillippe. The other two just seemed not that rich. Right. Yeah. The only reason we know Ryan Phillippe is rich is because he has a car and lives in a big house, but that's not like a huge part of his character, you know? Right. Well, he's got the, the BMW. Yeah, it's all half-assed. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, it, all that to say, I think there's a lot of interesting conversation that you could have about this scene and the motivation of these characters and i think the movie does an okay job kind of it does a 90s version of that yes i think it if does. you make this movie now ryan Phillippe would have been a good actor probably an african-american actor and then you could have that conversation of they're definitely not gonna believe me you know exactly uh, mm-hmm. but i don't i just i just don't buy it with ryan Phillippe because he is the whitest white milk toast white mac and cheese dude you could ever find who's white right and i just don't buy that he's afraid of the cops right well and i don't necessarily think it's that he's afraid of the cops i think it's a he's afraid of no. like the stain this is gonna leave on his the, life they're afraid of consequences is what they're right. afraid sure of. And I they're, they're just being dumb Dumb teenagers yeah. is basically what this movie is about. Yes. Well, and that's when you've always had everything you ever wanted and you never mm-hmm. had to face consequences for anything. Then even a consequence like, oh, they don't like me anymore or I lost my scholarship right. to my number one school, but I'll just go to my number three school. You right. know, those are the consequences you're afraid of. OK, and so they decide not to call an ambulance, but so they decide they have to dump the body because in she says, like, there's physical evidence, you know. As they're trying to figure this out, they hear a car coming, and it's Johnny Galecki, who's Max, which, okay, and they can see him. It's a really turny road, so there's not, like, a lot of runway. Like, he can clearly see that they're picking a body up and carrying yes! him across yeah. the road in his headlights. <laughs> Max is such an asshole right here. He really is. For zero reason, he's an asshole. And I realize mm-hmm. Ryan was a dick to him earlier, but he's such an asshole in this scene. Yeah. He- he's an incel. And he is an incel. Yeah. yeah. And we've already seen him be really creepy with Jennifer Love Hewitt, too. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So Max doesn't see anything or does he? But I mean, uh-huh. he drives away. Right. And they give right. him the excuse of, you know, Ryan's just super coked out and real drunk, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So that now they're driving up to a creepy dock and his yeah. body is in the back of the trunk. And this is when they notice he's got a sailor tattoo. Yes. So Julie wants to, like, check his wallet. Yeah, just so they can see who it is. And they're like, why do we even need to know who it is? It's not like we're going to need to verify that this is a certain person so that later in the movie we know that it's a different person who's actually after us. We don't need to know Mm. that. Let's just murder this guy. 
Exactly. Although they think he's still dead. They, they think but... he's dead, Todd. Well, yeah, but when he like literally jumps up and grabs one of their arms or whatever happens here. Crown. Oh, that's right. He grabs the crown. Good point. That's when they legit murder this dude. Right. They're yeah. not like, oh my God, you're alive. Thank God. Let's call the ambulance for you. Okay. So I could see them being startled and just wanting to get him off and push him in the water. Right. But Ryan Phillippe jumps in the water. Well, yeah, because he can't lose his girlfriend's crown. Exactly. <laughs> Although, I mean, how are you going to explain that you lost that crown? So, I, I mean, well, I and also that. when that body washes up on the beach with your crown in its hand, a crown mm-hmm. that you just <laughs> won that night at a pageant and a crown <laughs> right. that has not left your possession since you won it. Yeah, there's mm-hmm. no way Sarah Michelle Gellar yeah. is not going to jail for that person's murder with that, that, that crown. That, that detective's right. like, I think we have a clue. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm, but it doesn't say anyone's name on the crown. Huh. So oh, not, not it's a dead Buffy. End. She's going to New York to be a serious actress. Exactly. Not a, a yeah. pornographic actress, Mikey. <laughs> I love Buffy. Oh, I, I thought for one second you were going to say pornography. Oh, <laughs> no. <laughs> no, that's off brand for me. <laughs> Honestly, it is. Yeah. Um, okay. So he they end up kicking him in the water, and it's interesting because Freddie Prince Jr. starts to kind of back out of this. Yeah. And then, well, so does Jennifer Love Hewitt, and then Buffy sort of steps in, and so yeah, it yeah. makes it happen. They push him in, and then, mm-hmm. of course, as we said, Ryan in his coke fueled haze jumps into the pool with plastic seaweed that's up there. Uh huh. It's like a fish tank. (laughs) It is like a big fish tank. Buffy yells, "My crown, my crown!" I forget. Does he get the tiara back or not? He He does. does. Okay. Yeah. But they do leave something on the dock. That's the the little pendant spinner thing. Oh, that's what it is. That's what it is. The pendant spinner. Yes. But it's so weird because, like, this guy can this guy not swim? Like, why does he immediately sink? Like he's got rocks. I think you're being very mean to someone who has just been run over by somebody. Well, that's true. I think he's in a pretty bad physical state and. Honestly, Jen, we do find out that he can swim. I know. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ryan Phillippe yells at them like, say oh. it. Say we'll never talk about it till you'll die. Um, um, by choking Julie. Yeah. Yeah. She puts He puts his hand around her neck. And mm-hmm. Ryan Phillippe didn't even, I mean, uh, Freddie Prince Jr. Prince doesn't give a anything. shit about it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. Insane. Another reason why he doesn't seem like her boyfriend. She no. doesn't even really seem to be that upset by it. Well, you might like, say all like, weird. none of them are good actors. Well, yeah. Yeah, and I just want to say choking is a big red flag. Like, that is like a level of violence that is very predictive of future terrible acts. But, but like, with consent, though, it's fine. Yes, but this is not consensual. This is enraged. (laughs) Yes, Mikey, get consent. Okay, so now it's one one year year later. later. And then they just lost contact with each other because, you know, they murdered someone together. And they don't want to think about that every day. Right. And honestly, like you do lose contact with some of your high school friends sometimes when you go to college. Even too. the ones you haven't murdered someone with. Right. So, exactly. Like, it happens, guys. Julie's back at college. Most dramatic look up into the camera shot ever filmed. <laughs> Most overly dramatic, I would say. I just saw her unwashed hair and she's like, this is my dark face. Yeah. <laughs> she looks different and because she's sad or whatever. Yeah, but her roommate has to come in and talk about how pale she is. Her roommate that they could only get for one day of filming. Exactly. And, well, I don't know if it was could only get for one day of filming or remember that they should include some kind of diversity in the movie. Yeah. And so had to reshoot some scenes. Well, no, the reason I say that is because at the very end, when we see, quote unquote, see her roommate again, Mm -hmm. 
you don't see her. You see what probably is a man in a wig drop off a letter for a pool party. But yeah, we'll get there. So yeah, her roommate is there trying to get her out of the room. And like, so she's going home because summer's over. So she gets home and she's talking to her mom and it's the weirdest (laughs) mom conversation. (laughs) Her Her mom immediately jumps to, are you on drugs? Like I know. It was I wanted to try you. <laughs> well, but to be fair, she had just cooked her a delightful meal of fish and asked how it was and just got stank eye. Well, yeah, maybe it wasn't very good. Ever think about that, mom? Well, that's well, true. Well, she also yeah. was like, I got your report card. Uh-huh. It was terrible. I did much better in the summer semester is what she said at the summer session or whatever. But yeah, I mean, listen, all of this doesn't matter to the story. This is just she is sad. Right. And she's having a hard time processing yeah, because she, Well, she was complicit in murdering somebody. I would say yes. it was really Ryan and Buffy the Vampire Slayer that murdered somebody. And Freddie Prince Jr. and yeah. her were just there while they did it. But it, they were accessories during the fact, at least. Yeah. And they did not report it. Yeah. What we're saying is they belong in jail. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, yeah, because that's the thing. It doesn't matter who the person turns out to be. You still did this thing. Well, they feel really guilty. I actually like this part where it's like these are all their dreams are failed because of this night. They made a bad decision and they everybody feels bad about it. They should have leaned more into this. And I think a movie written now probably would. What we see now is she's got a note. On her desk or something. Somebody delivered right. a note, although it wasn't a mailman. It was the Gordon's fisherman, but yeah. It was. He says, eat my fish sticks, are." I don't think he's a pirate, though. He's a fisherman. Um, they're all pirates. Oh. I mean, yeah. I guess all sea- seamen are pirates. <laughs> but so she's got a note, and she opens it up, and. <laughs> it says the name of the movie. It notes the name of the movie. Yeah. Um, but mom doesn't know where he came from. Oh, okay. Or what she did last summer. And I do like that she doesn't open it. So later that night, she hears a suspicious noise and does the exact wrong thing when you hear yeah. a sus- suspicious noise, which is open the window, lean out, and say, or Do you want to murder me yeah. now? Exactly. I'm right here, and I'm making it super easy. <laughs> Fuck, have you never seen Scream or any other Have movie? you never seen the movie you're Anyways. ripping off? Exactly. <laughs> so now she's got this note. And so she goes to Shiva's department store, which is where Buffy the Vampire Slayer works. Although we don't know that yet. We know this is like her family's yes. store. Buffy's sister is played by Sonya Blade from Mortal Kombat. She's Veronica Vaughn from Billy Madison, too. Oh, that's how I know her. Uh, but yes, and she's really mean. But this is the family department store, so she knows that she will be able to figure out where uh, what Buffy's address in New York is. Yes. And so she goes and asks mean sister, um, excuse me, can you give me? And she's like, oh, <laughs> you mean 10 feet over there in her failure land? I mean, does yeah. she say that she's a failure? I mean, just her sister <laughs> saying she, she works here. She's like right there. I, I, she I, I just didn't, I didn't think this was as mean spirited as you did, Jen. No, this is exactly what an older sibling That's would true. do when people love the younger sibling more. I am the youngest sibling. That makes so much sense. I know, right? But this is one of those times when I, su- I do sort of like see the older sibling. Like my, if my younger sibling was like, I'm going to go to New York and be a famous actress. And she was like that her whole life. And then she fucking failed. I'd be like, ha, eat a dick and get behind that perfume counter or whatever. Yes, but you're also forgetting that her whole life, the oldest sister, has been groomed and forced into taking over the family business. And she may not not wanted that. And then they're like, oh, yeah, your sister's going to be a great actress. You're going to run the family business. And it's all bullshit double standards because the oldest doesn't get the choice and stuff. It's whatever. Yeah, right. Because the oldest doesn't realize that it's actually their life and they can make their own decisions. But they have this thing that they have to please people and they have Uh, to please their parents. Like a true younger sibling. We're like, I don't care about what the family (laughs) thinks. All right. Well, you can find my younger sibling over in women's shoes because she didn't go to 
fucking New York. <laughs> she did go to New York, fell in with a bad crowd. Yeah, right? And then yeah. made some... She became an illegitimate She made actress. some quick money and then came back. That's all I'm saying. Mm. I'm just saying yeah. in this universe, there are some tapes out there of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. No, not my Buffy. <laughs> but it, So it didn't work out. But there's Helena, or there's Buffy over there, and now they can talk. Right. So they talk. Yeah, and and just we were so careful, and I wrote, were they like? No, as- they weren't. <laughs> yeah, me too. I wrote, no, you weren't at all careful. I know. You literally left a medallion on the dock, right? And did they clean the blood out of the car? No. Like water does not solve all of your problems. <laughs> so now they're walking to a fa- super fancy house, um, and there's Barry like surveying all of the land like a coke dealer at the top of his balcony. Oh, so they're in their conversation. They Buffy and Ryan Phillippe broke up, and they're like. We should go talk to him. He'll help right. us for right. some reason. Because we've never met him or heard anything he's ever <laughs> said or done. Because in the past so, years since we've broken up, he's changed his personality completely. So, of course, he's on the balcony drunk. Mm-hmm. He's a drunk 19-year-old on his parents' balcony while his mom's on the phone. He's like, what the fuck are y'all doing on my property? Yeah, right. wearing a tank top. Well, and so they go up and they're talking to him on this balcony. And then he's still a dick and he yells at Julie again. Well, yeah, because he's like... <sighs> Uh-huh. What are you guys doing on my balcony? Right. <laughs> Do you want to read my script for House 6? <laughs> <laughs> I got the first 30 pages right here. <laughs> but yeah, so she's saying, yeah, we murdered him. And even if he was alive in the war, like, he's not alive now because of us. So right. potato, potato. Like, well, And then Ryan, like, yells at Jennifer Love Hewitt because he's uh-huh. like, bitch, my mom's inside. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> she might take away my keys for the night. Oh. He's a loser. I mean, he is a loser. He lives at yeah. home. He does nothing. He has no job. At least Freddie Prince Jr., even though he didn't go to college, has a job. But so they find out that the person, like Julie was doing some research, and she found out his name was David Egan, the person that they killed. And that everybody has broken up and nobody's friends anymore. And they think that it's Max, who is Johnny Galecki, because he's like the only other asshole in town, I guess. He's the only other character we've met at this point. Yeah. Exactly. Their high school class was seven people. Yeah, I know. And the other two died, so So they go to the dock and Barry says he's gonna handle it because he's a big strong man. God, I hate Ryan Phillippe so much in this movie. I do too. Because he's always yeah. on eleven. He goes yeah, to the but max. It's so good. It's the best part of the movie. Oh, he's sort of great. Yeah, I think Ryan Phillippe's a good actor. Like I'm not I'm not yeah. saying that. I just hate his character. I do well, too. Yeah, but you gotta kinda love it because he's gonna be like, I'm gonna go in there, I'm gonna rough up, I'm gonna rough him up. And he's like Because he tries to beat up a serial killer, like, twice. Right. Like, that is coke-filled delusions to it. I'm like, he's like, just point him out in the crowd. I don't need a weapon. I'll just chase after him and kill him right now. Oh, my God. He goes over to see Johnny Galecki, and he pulls him over and yells right in his face, hey, remember when we did this crime, and here's all the details, and we know you know, and even if you didn't know, you definitely know now. I know. He was like, I thought you were just throwing up that night. I had no idea you murdered a guy. Thanks for telling me. Exactly. Now all the girls are mine. (laughs) I am the ultimate incel. (laughs) I hate Max, too. Fuck him. Well, and then Barry grabs this fish hook thing, which is really cool. It's hook shadowing. It is hook shadowing. Yeah, yeah. It's to move the ice blocks. It is. Yeah, yeah. And you could do, Mm -hmm. like, ice blocks and hay bales and stuff. Or bodies. We find out later you can move bodies with it. Yes. Are are mannequins dressed like characters in the movie? (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's more accurate. Yes, it's true. (laughs) 
But then, so we see the fish hook thing, and he's like menacing him with that. And then they cut back to now they're on the docks, and they run into Freddie Prince Jr. Well, yeah, because they're walking away, and then both the girls are like, "What did you do?" Ryan's like, "Don't worry about it. I fucking handled it because I'm a man." Right, exactly. And then they do run into Freddie Prince Jr., who they thought I guess was off at college because they all right. lost contact with him. Yeah. And I just wrote, "It's tank tops for everybody." Oh yeah, well, yeah. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. I wanted to point this out. Ryan Phillippe is in a white tank top, and Freddie Prince Jr., who there is a little bit of foreshadowing that he may be the bad guy, is mm-hmm. wearing a black tank top, not mm-hmm. unlike the one that Jen is wearing right now. Who's wearing? Oh, yeah, me? You, you, you Jen, yeah. <laughs> you, the one that you're wearing right now. <laughs> That's true. I do like that they're like, oh, you became a fisherman, you fucking loser. Like, exactly. Oh, we live in a fishing <laughs> village where literally that's what most people's jobs are. But I know, and at least I have a job, you loser Ryan who lives with his grandmother playing Counter-Strike in his basement. Like, what are you doing, you idiot? Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, there's nothing wrong with having a job and working and doing, no. like, manual labor, yeah. Does he have his own boat? It's implied that that boat at the end is his. Yeah, it does kind of like honestly. If he has his own boat, he's doing all right. Like exactly, it's probably like a six-figure boat. Yeah, yeah, like good for him. I did like that. She asked him what happened to Boston. (laughs) He's like, I went there for a little bit. Did it work out? He got roped into some porn. There, oh no, (laughs) he got into some illegitimate fishing. I know he was trying to be a serious student, but. (laughs) You know, so people would take him seriously. But I do think, like, one of the things that's interesting when Julie and um, Dude are talking, Freddie Prince Jr., who is so uninteresting that I can't even remember his name, but she's saying, I don't blame you. I'm responsible for my own actions. I just don't yeah. want to know you anymore, which I thought I have always thought was interesting. I like the way she worded that. Yeah. I do, too. That hurts, yeah. man. That's like a, that's a carefully weighted ex-girlfriend thing to say to you to yes. destroy you yeah oh yeah because that's something you think about because she said i don't blame you but i, I don't want to know you either and and like in your mind you're like well you, you do know me we dated we right. had sex on a beach you have sand in weird places still because still. of me even though it's a year later so what do you mean you don't want to remember me is this like a situation where you go have your memory erased like that like jim carrey movie that no one ever saw i have been there freddie prince <laughs> But I also want to say, like, it's a totally legitimate thing to say that to someone and say, I just don't want you in my life anymore. And that doesn't mean you're being a bitch to that person. No. And even if you didn't murder someone together, that's a fine line to draw. Exactly. Well, it's not like he's been knocking down her door, like bugging her or anything. No. And I think he does have appropriate boundaries because he doesn't like always show up at her place, like with flowers or being weird with a boom box over his head. Mm -hmm. No, because he's got a damn job. So now Johnny Galecki is doing like fish stuff. Yeah, um, he, Max is working. He's just working yeah. and that's fine. Like but I did like that he was the first to die. I don't I, know why he's the first to die. Yeah. But I like that he was the first to die. Why does he get killed? I don't understand. I don't get that either, but I liked it because he's like the red herring, right? Or you're like, well, maybe it oh, is yeah, him. He's the killer, right. yeah. I mean, you know it's not him once Ryan coked out yells at him. Right. But he is the first to die. I like that. He is the first to die. Do you want me to talk about this in fun facts or now? If you know why, tell me because I I, yeah, it's going to bother me. So originally, he did not die in the movie. Oh, really? Oh. They just hated him so much. They were like, we got to kill Mike. Or Max. Wow. Uh, um. <laughs> okay, then. My bad. Sometimes you don't have to wear a black tank top to be a murderer. Anyways, <laughs> when they watched the test screenings, they were like, no, we've got to have some 
kill sequence earlier in the movie so that it establishes the stakes of this killer. So that's why they added that in. I think it's a good ad. Um, I do think they framed him as a red herring originally in the, yeah. the movie. Yeah, they just didn't have him die. So I also like it because Max is legit 5'3", and yeah. the killer's like 6'2". Like, there's no way it could have been Max. Right. Right. I like that they kill him off early because they're like, oh, you think it's Max? It's not Max. Yeah. Well, and, you know, Max was there that night, too. But the guy doesn't know that. He was passed out the whole time Max was there. That's the reason I don't True. understand. I'm sorry my voice got really high. <laughs> I had no control over that. i just saying it's crazy. So, anyways, Johnny Galecki's working with Fish and Ice doing his job. You know, like you do. Exactly. But now the hook is gone. Ah! And so it's in the fisherman's hand. And he's got this giant black rain slicker and he's walking up through the mist and he hooks Johnny Galecki with like right underneath his chin and like yeah, slams his, his head down. Face. Oh, it's yeah. rough. And one yeah, of the things cool. that I do really like about this movie is I like the look of the killer. I don't think he's necessarily the most effective killer, but I do think it's really kind of creepy when you see him in the fog, you know? I think he's a scary killer and he's got a hook. He's the Gordon's fisherman. Yeah. With a murdering hook though. And yeah. Gordon's fisherman has a yellow jacket, right? Well, yeah, it's Gordon's brother. Yeah. It's like his younger brother who didn't have to take responsibility of the fishing stick business. Right. He had all his free time and just decided to start murdering. Yeah. Well, and what's yeah. funny is his older brother, Gordon, was always such a dick to him. He's like, yeah, <laughs> he tried to make it in the fishing business, but he can't. He's working over there in retail. He washed out. Yeah. I know. <laughs> so he's got a lot of bitterness, and it's kind of manifested in murderous rage. But yeah, Max does immediately get candy manned in he this does. movie. Yeah. yeah. Which I thought was great. So, okay, we are now to the boxing montage, and yes. I have been waiting to talk about this scene for I have conservatively two hours and three minutes, because that's yes. how long we've been recording. He is boxing fine mikey yeah. you probably know more about the yeah, boxing yeah. stuff than i do so i'll let I'm you ready. talk about that let me just say it really bothers me that ryan is wearing dog tags in this scene <laughs> why is he wearing dog tags he's not in the military he's not in the jrotc or rotc like he is just wearing dog tags that was a thing in the 90s this gym allocates more space for lockers than it does workout space yeah which is like a really weird choice the shower room is bigger than the workout area yeah it's on the waterfront which is like a weird place to put a Gym? When he leaves after getting his note and runs out and chases the car, it looks like a boat dock. Like it, yeah. it doesn't even look yeah. like a gym. Looks well, like Gym Shack. Yeah, it does look like Gym Shack. Yeah, Gym and Shack, then, boxing Gym Shack. Bow, bow. There's a sign up sheet for sparring partners, but there's no ring in the shot at all. There's no ring in the gym for them to spar in. It's not big enough, Mikey. They have to go into yeah. the street and fight in the street like I men. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know if me. you're a man or not? If you never fought somebody when there wasn't enough ring space in the actual gym. It's like street. that Rocky movie where they don't actually fight in an actual professional fight. They just fight in the street. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, the dog tags really fucking bothered me. I was like, what are you doing? He like got those at Spencer's Gifts. Like there's no yes, way those are legit. Definitely. Yeah. One of them says like boxer and the other one says. The other one says shorts. <laughs> oh, boxer shorts. I got it. There you oh. go. Welcome <laughs> to the joke conversation. <laughs> Anyways, he's boxing. Then he goes and takes an ominous shower. A few ominous showers in this movie. Yeah, and it made me think, like, I liked working out at the gym when there was nobody else there because I just don't like being around people. Mm -hmm. But it could be very creepy and somebody could easily murder you that way, so. Well, yeah. there is one guy there because when he goes back to his lockers, he finds yeah, the Polaroid true. and it says, I still know or something like that on it. It says, I know, written on the oh, back yeah. of the Polaroid. And it's a Polaroid of his car. Yeah. In the parking lot. Yeah. yeah. So he goes and talks to the guy at the front desk who's like reading the paper and he's like, hey, man, it's just you and me, buddy. I don't fucking know what anyone else is here. And then right. he hears the car start and start driving away, which I think is his car. 
It, it is, is his, his car. car. It's a real power move. Yeah, it is a real power move. But I mean, he left his mm-hmm. clothes and stuff in the locker, so his keys are probably there too. Like that didn't right. bother me. I just thought it was interesting. And anyway, right. he starts chasing his car, which is dumb. Uh, and never then, chase a car. A car no, is a deadly weapon, especially if you already know the plate number. It's your right. car. Like you can tell it, the cops everything about it. They'll find it later. And you're not going to run faster than a car. No, right. You're not, Ryan. I don't care what your dog tags say. I don't care so how he, much coke you've done. <laughs> exactly. And then I guess the murderer thinks, oh, wait, he ran me over in this car. Wouldn't it be super ironic if I ran him over in this car? And so he chases after him in his own car. And then. Ryan Phillippe just decides the best way to avoid a car that's coming at you is to continue running in a straight line forever. Oh, right. God, that part bothered me so bad. I was like, just jump on anything around you, brother. Literally, yeah. or serpentine at least. Like, run, run around in weird ways. Jump off the dock. There's water down there, though. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> and that is the problem, Jen. But he runs over to the side of a shack, and the Gordon Fisherman's like, well, fuck that. I'm just going to drive through the shack. It's not even my car. You it's know? not. I got this protective rain slicker on, so I'm cool. <laughs> he runs, like, and Ryan, like, jumps on top of the car, but he still gets hit, and he, like, gets, like, car slammed through this building. You're like, oh, he's he's dead. And then you, exactly. see, then you see the Gordon's Fisherman guy walk over to him and stand mm-hmm. above it. And then I'm like, okay, he wasn't dead, but he's definitely dead now. And then right. that's the end of the scene. The scene ends yeah. there. It drove me insane. The reason is, is because this is adapted from a book and this is part of what happens in the book. But also you've got such a small cast. If you kill him off at this point, he can't interact with the cast anymore. Well, that's how it works. Yeah. But the next scene is literally Ryan waking up in the hospital with the ladies around him, right? Right. But so they're talking about what they should do. And Freddie's starting to say, maybe we should just come clean. And they're starting to kind of think it might be Freddie Prince Jr. at this point. Yeah, this is when they start foreshadowing that. Yeah. Yeah. Ryan is still being a dick about everything. So this is when the ladies start like sleuthing, right? They do. They start investigating because they actually do something. They go to the internet and do some research and like Google search. Yeah, they don't Google search. Guys, they don't Google search. And I thought I thought this was very funny to me because they're looking for a fisherman and they're using net search. And I thought that was very funny. I was like, I wonder if that's like a nod or it was like early days of the internet. So it may have just been like, we'll just call it net search. But they find out that the guy that they killed, quote unquote, killed, right? Because they didn't actually kill him. But his sister still lives like in the sticks in North Carolina somewhere. So they decide to go visit her and Hayes. Right. And that the year before this happened, Susie, someone yes. was his girlfriend and she died. She drowned after a car accident they had when David Egan was driving. Yeah. yeah. Everybody blamed him. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now they're going out to the Egan house. And I just want to mention because Buffy is wearing the worst cutoffs I think I've ever seen in my life. Oh, yeah. Point. What? These are the best cutoffs. I mean, oh my God, they're no. not really though, oh. Mikey. They're not like super revealing. They're just cut in a very bad way. I know it's so like some of the fashion here is great and some of it is so god awful. Yeah. I was like, dear God, do you have a mirror on this set? And it's just very 90s. I like the juxtaposition of her with like a really skimpy tank top and the cutoffs and then Jennifer Love Hewitt with a full wool sweater and a full like long jean skirt. Right. Yeah. Jennifer Love Hewitt sweating through all of her clothing. <laughs> <laughs> right. Because, you know, yeah. she's the 
nerdy girl. So right. she's got to be. She hasn't taken her glasses off and ponytail down yet, Mikey. <laughs> right. That's true. Yeah. But it's just the 90s fashion in this movie. I was so amused by because I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. Because when I'm saying those are hideous, I'm talking to um, Jennifer of the past who used to wear shit like this, too. And I'll see myself in pictures and I was like, holy shit. Why did we wear this stuff? Okay, so Anne Haish is the sister, yeah. and she's wearing some, like, poor sack dress, which yeah. I actually thought was really cute. <laughs> she's the sister of David Egan, yeah. and her name is Missy, and they're using fake names that they just thought of right now. <laughs> they do make it clear that they just thought of them, and I think it's mm-hmm. funny because they're horrible names, and it's very clear they just made them up. Like, And they exactly. also had a long drive into the sticks to right. come up with a cover story. Like, what are right. you doing? Like, think of this stuff before you go. Right. But so Buffy is going to go in to make a fake call. To AAA. Yeah. But she oh, runs, almost runs into, like, a slicker. Like the slicker of foreshadowing. Yeah, I was like, oh, that was a coat rack jump scare. Like what? That, it wasn't it was. scary at all. I do think they were kind of trying to go for this Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibe here. Yeah. You know? And I mean, there are moments where she's a little bit creepy, but it's just, it's very like try hard. I mean, you know? <laughs> I think the only time she's super creepy is when she goes back out to the car when the girls go out there and she mm-hmm. slams on the window super hard and like, oh, you mm-hmm. forgot your cigarettes. Right. First off, you don't return cigarettes. You just now have <laughs> cigarettes. <laughs> and exactly. you don't slam on someone's car door like to give them anything back. But so they're talking to her and she's saying like her brother committed suicide and yeah. it was really sad because she, that's what she thinks happened. And um, sad fact, Anne Heche does have a brother who committed suicide oh. um, in real oh. life. Yeah. So this was a little bit difficult for her. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, film. she d- does come off as the best actress in the movie. So that's probably she why. Does. Yeah. That's she's really creepy and sad. Yeah. Um, but so she's saying like things haven't been the same since he died and she lives alone um and but there was a friend that he had named Billy Blue. Yeah. Which is the dumbest, most fake sounding. She name. doesn't know his real name. She's like Billy something, Billy Blue or something or other. Like right. <laughs> Can we can we take a time out and, and appreciate that? Freddie Prince Jr. felt guilty, so he went to meet this guy's sister. And then slept with her. He fucked the guy's sister he murdered. Wait, did oh, he? that's right. They were. She said they were sweet on each other. Yeah. Oh my god. Now, it doesn't necessarily say that they had sex. Oh, you could tell. Could you have. could tell. It's imp- yeah. it's implied. And then at the end, and then at the end of the movie, he tells Jennifer Love Hewitt he's always loved her after having yeah. slept with the dead guy's sister. Yes, you know. <laughs> They're trying to get over their trauma. Oh, yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, they're doing stuff, but they didn't really work that plan out. I mean, they're sleuthing, though. They're actually actively trying to find out what's going on, not just try and beat up the problem like Ryan Phillippe is. Right, exactly. Or working like, you know, Freddie Prince Jr. Right. (laughs) Freddie Prince Jr. is like nonplussed about this emergency mystery that's going (laughs) on. He's like, listen, I've got to work, guys. I don't have time to fart around with you guys. Um, right. Although Buffy does have a job. She does, yeah. But it's her dad's yeah. business or her family's business. point does not want anyone finding out he slept with the dead guy's sister. That is true. Oh, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it would be real awkward if he went out there. He's like, right? Billy? Billy, you got all my emails? Billy, Guys. I'm pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... They kind of I really... named the baby green after you. <laughs> <laughs> 
So Buffy gets home. Yeah, and it's like night, right? This is like when she gets home at night and she goes uh, and she's like talking to her dad for a second. But the murderer is also in the house, right? Right. I thought this is actually a pretty effective sequence because she keeps missing the murderer, even though the murderer, for whatever reason, Gordon does not run. Like he just walks everywhere. So he like walks Mm. into her room as she comes around the corner and is going up the steps. I thought it was really effectively done. He's got a bad knee from uh, a car accident. Honestly, I wish they had explained that because it it drove me insane that he like walked everywhere. If he had like limped everywhere, it would have given it away because you'd be like, oh, that's Mm -hmm. the guy they hit. But at least that would have explained it. Anyway, so I thought they were going to get into a fight in her room and she was going to use those ice skates to like get away, Mm, like stab him or something, which would have been very cool. Like an H2O? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I've never seen that movie, but yeah, something like that. And then she just goes to sleep with the murderer slash inappropriate dude in her closet. Not before sister tries to um, make her work the next day even though she's like the only person that can be in this parade and how did you not realize this was a thing sister don't schedule me on this day I think that her sister scheduled her on that day on purpose me too because she's being a dick yeah yeah Mm-hmm. She's like, fuck you and your attention. Yeah, nobody cares that you won the pageant and that you're the pretty mm-hmm. one in the family. But so sister's there and she he's like in the partially opened closet, which is why you never go to sleep with your closet not closed all the way. That's stupid. Yeah, because if you close the closet all the way, they can't get out. No, there's no way it's impossible. <laughs> yeah. And so she gets re- she puts the crown on for a little bit and like reliving because she's got to give it up the next day. Also, it has the blood of the man she murdered on it still. <laughs> she forgot to clean it off. <laughs> but then she wakes up and she's got the crown on her and all of her hair is cut short. It's not cut short. It's like cut at varying lengths. Right. Yeah. yeah. Although, man, they did her a favor because her new hair looks way better than her old hair. Can I stop you uh, right like there, the Jen? We know mm-hmm. because the ni- the scene that happened the night before with her sister, we know that she was supposed to be at work at 1030. So the parade's starting before that, right? Mm-hmm. So she wakes up and has time to go to a salon and get her hair fixed between like eight and 10. I just don't think that that's possible. That was well, that's like, true. That like bothered me the most. She's the sea queen. They're going to bump people for her appointment. Um, I'm sorry, Janice. We got to bump you because this girl who won the sea queen last year and has done shit else since then has Mm -hmm. to get her hair fixed. It's less time than that because don't they have, don't they meet up the next day and she's wearing her hat with her hair in it and then they make the plan. Oh Oh my God. Yes. Yeah, so she has like zero time. She, yeah, that's they insane. Do. You're right. Anyway, so she, we find out that someone cut all of her hair off, and that there is the word "soon" written in lipstick on her mirror. <laughs> so of course she punch erases. It. Yeah, mm. and then of course that's seven years of bad luck. As if she already hasn't it had is. one, she now has seven exactly. more. Yeah, well done. <laughs> right. So Julie gets a call, and so she drives over. But so as Julie's driving over, she hears clicky, clicky, clicky. Yeah, because clicky, clicky, she's got clicky, some junk in that trunk. She does. Yeah, mm-hmm. she's got some Johnny yeah. Galecki in that trunk. Oh, uh, she does. So she pulls over and she opens and there's dead Max with crabs all over him. Yes. Yeah, someone definitely gave him crabs. A lot of them. So then she runs off. She runs to the their house. They're uh-huh. together. Yes. Brings them back to the car and there's nothing there. Right. So yeah. here's why I hate this movie. So in broad daylight, <laughs> 830 in the morning, the killer comes back, removes the body and every single one of those little crabs with nothing left in the trunk. And then wipes yep. it down, returns her original contents of the trunk to the trunk. 
just to gaslight her? Like, there's yes, no right. real reason to remove it, but that dude's a quicker picker-upper than bounty towels. Like, he's right. so mm-hmm. fucking in fast. broad daylight in a neighbor, suburban neighborhood. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's not like they're even on the side of a deserted road they're or anything. They're not. There are houses in plain right. view, yeah. They should have left some but, crabs in there at least, and then they would have been like, oh, the crabs were making the noise. Crabs get in our cars all the time because we're at the ocean or whatever. Right. I mean, that is a common problem. You yeah. never want to drive your car on the beach because you will find crabs in the weirdest places for years. <laughs> for years, guys. And then they don't believe her. Like, someone yeah. just broke into this other girl's house and cut her hair off, and they're like, oh, fuck you, Jennifer Love Hewitt. Someone put a thing in your trunk? Get out of here. You dumb bitch. Like, <laughs> Ryan is so one note in this movie. He, to me, he feels a lot lot like a more aggressive like physically aggressive dennis from it's always sunny in philadelphia yeah, yeah. like a true sociopath but this is one of my favorite parts of this movie <laughs> <laughs> because she runs around and she spins around the road and she says what are you waiting for yeah and it's so stupid but i love it it is very very bad yeah like, Hold who on. are you talking to? At the end of the movie on his boat, this this scene is one of the two pictures that he took earlier in the day, yep. got developed, and hung up on his boat. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it was probably a Polaroid, so I get that, but whatever. All right, now they go find Freddy, and he got a letter, too, but they think it's him because, like, he's got his black Sharpie and his stationery poking out of his pocket or something. <laughs> yeah, they do sort of ham fist to make him, like, the bad guy. They really do, yeah, yeah. But so Barry punches him, and they're they're starting to, like, come apart at the seams, but Julie's like, no, we have to solve the mystery together. Yeah. And so now Julie thinks that the killer is Billy Blue, who is, because that's not a terrible <laughs> name. And Freddy is like, no, no. Oh, no. Nobody's named that. <laughs> yeah, that's so ridiculous. He definitely didn't sleep with Anne Hage. No. Right. What? But so they're going to go look at the yearbook to see if they can figure something out. Well, yeah, because they're like, well, he gra- he was in our school. He just graduated a few years before right. us. So we have his picture in our yearbook. Right. But Buffy has to go to her parade, and Ryan has to go protect her for some reason, because he's definitely something you want around longer than you have to. And so it kind of cuts a little bit back and forth. But there's also this weird, like, montage where she's like it's july 4th it's his day so of course he's gonna try to kill us all now and we have to do the right thing it's very like convoluted like independence day speech you know yes, yes it is yeah where does freddie prince go today he goes back to work so it's parade time here's what i thought was weird she's got this like really fancy float and she's looking all pretty in her hair that looks way better short by looks the way great. yeah she got a rachel but she, yeah but she's got <laughs> ryan philippi just like schmarming and raging all over the, the front, front of, of her, her float. float yeah he's like a douchebag <laughs> hood ornament on the front exactly. of her float yes it's like they're going like 10 miles an hour you can walk next to her and he's like mean mugging kids <laughs> yeah don't look yeah. at my girlfriend well and then she from the top of her float sees a guy who's dressed like the gordon's fisherman and so she's mm-hmm. like ryan attack and so he runs right. after him yeah yeah it pushes through like nine thousand people yeah. and then assaults an old man what's his plan there cocaine yeah his plan was cocaine <laughs> yeah uh, but then she sees a fisherman standing on top of a roof and she's like, Ryan, go scale that building and knock him out. <laughs> no, but he's already gone. 
But yeah. like that is the point. Like there are a million fishermen all over this place because it's a fishing town. Yes. Apparently they cut a line here saying, so what? So I'm supposed to look for the fish sticks guy. So they uh, were going to make that an explicit <laughs> reference. But they thought that having like a funny line there would cut the tension. So they cut that out. But so now we're back to Julie at Missy's house and she's just wandering around. But so Missy isn't there yet, but we see a lot of dead animals around. And then Missy's like coming at her with a knife because yeah. she's in her backyard for no reason that's apparent to Missy. No, she's cleaning that turkey she killed. Oh, yeah, that's right. But she's also like, what the fuck are you doing in my backyard? And I've got a knife in my hand. Do you guys know Billy Blue? I miss him. Oh, I know. (laughs) Billy Blue's my man. Right. (laughs) (laughs) This whole movie is actually just a love triangle between Anne Hayes, Jennifer Love, Hewitt, and Freddie Prince Jr. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, but so Julie is telling her basically (laughs) everything that happened. Yeah. Hold on. I just thought about at the end of the movie, there'd be like a news story where like Jennifer Love Hewitt and Freddie Prince survived this person trying to kill him. Ann Hayes would see the news and be like, that bitch is with Billy Blue. She stole my (laughs) man. Yeah. Absolutely. What if the sequel was her just trying to get revenge? That I would be a great would love sequel. That movie. I would love I would that do. movie. You That'd killed my brother and stole my boyfriend. Well, they didn't kill his brother. They killed his brother's killer. I know. I know. Well, and so that's what we're finding out now because Julie's like, "Hey, I'm just going to tell you everything that happened. Um, it wasn't an accident." Um, and and she's like, "No, he killed himself." Because this was the anniversary of Susie's death, and he feels really bad, and he right. left this suicide note. See, here, you want to have it? And she couldn't <laughs> say that because she wouldn't get insurance She's money. like, I keep it in the outhouse. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But so the note, it's exactly like the I Know What You Did Last Summer note, and it says, I will never forget last summer. And it's got, like, signed the killer on it. It doesn't really, but it's clearly right. like it this. It might as well say that, though. Exactly, yes. yeah. and have, like, blood stains and, right. like, you know. Signed, not Billy Blue or your brother. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But Julie is like, okay, but this isn't a suicide note. So everything you thought you knew is wrong. This is a death threat. And here's what happens. And Missy gets really mad and kicks her out, which, I mean, I can understand. Yeah, I get that. So now it's back to the pageant. Buffy is terrified because she's sitting on this balcony with this person that's singing horrifically. She's not on a balcony, Jen. She's on the stage. No, she's on the stage. This blew my mind that they let the former queen, the the one who's going to be passing on the tiara or whatever, Mm -hmm. she's on the stage the whole time? How much fun would that be to be on the stage and just be making all these faces like... "Mm." Nah, or like you could cover your ears when that lady starts singing. It would be like Shit's Creek level of like meme. Oh faces, my god! You know? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> but anyway, so in this this terrible person is singing fame and not doing a good job. They were like, "Hey, we need someone who can almost sing." Right. Yeah. And and who is attractive, right? Because she's yes, supposed to be yeah. like a potential winner of whatever Sarah Michelle Gellar won. But she's not a good singer. They don't try and make her a good singer. They just let her go, and it's awful. Exactly. And I think they're, it's like it's supposed to be awful. I think so, too. I think that's by yeah, design. Yeah. yeah. And I did like that because it's she can almost sing. Yeah. So she can sing good enough to think that she's really good. And I just know so many people <laughs> like that. She, I mean, yeah. She's like my like, ex-girlfriend no. at karaoke. She's like really, right. you know, passable, but not good. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, and you know what? Go for it. If you love to sing, yeah. that's Hell awesome. Yeah. I mean, listen, right. if you have a chance to see Mikey do karaoke, you go. Not because Mikey's great at karaoke. Dude can't sing at all, but he can put on a show. That's right. 
Yeah. I'll just be sitting on the stage making the stank faces the whole time. <laughs> um, okay, so she's singing terribly, and Ryan is up in the balcony watching. Yeah, and he's like leaning over the edge of the balcony, but where they were in the very first scene with them, right? I really liked this shot, too, where you sort of see Buffy's perspective, and then mm-hmm. you see in between the like the flashing lights or like the spotlights mm-hmm. that are like blinding her eyes, you see like the silhouette of the Gordon's fisherman going up to Ryan Philippi. And right. then, of course, kill him. Like we watch him die. Right, right. Yeah. And so as she's like screaming and saying, hey, somebody's killing him up there, which is a legitimate thing to say, the audience swarms her. Yeah. And they stop her from moving. They <laughs> exactly. a, don't listen to what she's saying. B, mm-hmm. just assume she's hysterical and needs to be helped from herself. Well, and then she is they, a woman. So, it, yeah. So that's Obviously. my problem, though. Not that she's a woman, but they treat her like that, like like what you're. Oh yeah, totally. To. And then the sheriff or whatever the deputy, whatever, takes her up to the balcony and does the shittiest search I've ever seen in my life. And then it's like, uh-huh. there's no one up here, you stupid lady. There's blood yeah. everywhere, but there's no one up here, so there's no foul play. <laughs> That's or anything. the thing. It's like if he was really killed like that, there would have been blood everywhere. Well, there was. It was dripping off of one of the banisters up there. But that's the only. Right. I mean, it would have been everywhere, everywhere. Sure, but if blood is dripping and a sh- and, and this deputy does not see it, he's horrible. Small town deputies, man. I get it, yeah. man. And then, of course, just like every woman who makes a quote unquote false report, she gets thrown in the back of a squad car. Uh huh. Exactly. It was ridiculous. Yes. But not before the old guy says, uh, "No, no, no. Did you forget to give us your crown, sweetie? <laughs> we need that back." <laughs> They don't make a copy each year, so like if you're a winner, you don't get to keep the crown for a while. Like honestly, she should want to give it back. It's probably got DNA evidence on it of the murder they committed. I <laughs> mean, although she got it from the queens before her, so how many murders do we think actually happened that involved? There's this no crown? telling. There's no I way know. to know. Could have just said, yeah, it was my predecessor. So here goes the cop car driving down Main Street, and then there's like an ominous one barrier on one side of the road. He's like, I guess we can't go this way. I guess we got to take the alley. I thought that too, Mikey, because th- there's one barrier, and it's a mm-hmm. like it's a two-lane road. Just drive around it, you fucking moron. Yeah, and there's no right. construction. The they just did a parade there. And Mikey, the parade is still going on. We'll come back to that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. They're having two parades in one day? What kind of fucking town is this? Where a parade never stops, Mikey. Right. Anyway, so he goes down the alley and he sees the Gordon's fisherman strangely by a car and not a boat. And he's like, Mm. I got to see if this Gordon's fisherman needs some help. So he goes over there. And then, of course, Gordon takes his hook hand and just stabs him through the chest or whatever. Right. Yeah. Buffy's trapped in the car. Well, yeah, because she's locked in the cruiser or whatever. Exactly. And then the killer has plenty of time. So he thinks, Mm. well, I probably should clean the blood off of this because I don't want to get anyone else I murder sick by, you know, getting the (laughs) deputy's blood on them. He's considerate. He is. And then he slowly walks to the car, giving her ample time to break out the window and run away. Right, right, right. Yep. And so now we're cutting back to Julie for a little bit, and she's doing some giant computer research and discovers that um, Susie had a father. And so now she's started to figure out this mystery. Now, Buffy has just gotten out of the cop car, and she's running over to the store, and she's banging on the window for Elsa, her sister, to open up the door. And she's like, oh, tra-la-la, no, I don't have any sense of urgency she doesn't get the key and then mm-hmm. it does take her like 30 <laughs> seconds here's what i hate about this scene though we see the murderer walking behind her crossing the street like getting close to her and mm. as her sister's walking to the door 
she doesn't see the murderer behind her? No. That's what bothers me the most. She definitely would have seen her. Yeah, she would have saw her. So she's trying to lock the door, and then the fisherman comes up behind her and hooks her and kills her. That's a little bit later, because she gets in there. Buffy the Vampire Slayer says to her sister, hey, I'm being attacked or whatever, and her sister's like, no, you're not. There's nobody out there. And then they walk to different areas, because Buffy the Vampire Slayer says, lock the other doors, right? Mm -hmm. So the sister goes to lock, I think, the back door. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. The murderers already come in the back door, and that's where Mm -hmm. he kills, I don't know her name, but I call her Veronica Vaughn because for Elsa right anyway so he Mm -hmm. kills her and then drags her body with the hook I thought that was very effective looking it did yeah (laughs) it creeped me out it did it creeped me out too yeah it it looks so fake I mean I don't know it it did not look as fake as the ice in the boat later on oh my god (laughs) but yeah so the murderer kills this older sister Elsa or whatever and then the murderer like is hiding and then Sarah Michelle Gellar is Uh trying to figure out where honestly she should have just run away she doesn't she should have just run away and and this is another thing I thought was hilarious she's like in this clothing section of the store and there's Mm -hmm. like a bunch of mannequins with like tarps over them or like that plastic wrap over them yeah which I that doesn't bother me I get you might do that if you're like closing up for like a season or something right not just at night yeah not just at night but that didn't bother me too much i don't know the inner workings of that store whatever i don't give a fuck what did bother me and i thought was hilarious is that the killer has the ability to cut the power in the store while still being under one of those tarps like a mannequin right he's got kate level of uh supernatural yes he Ah. has kate from the patrionicals like telekinesis powers and then he jumps at sarah michelle geller and right. then, honestly, I do sort of love Sarah Michelle Gellar in this scene because I she's do. wearing, like, her pageant dress, and mm-hmm. she's honestly sort of badass. This is my favorite part of the movie, and this yeah. is, like, this, this is probably, I would say, the most famous scene of this movie, and I think it's yeah. really well done. Me too. It's like, And partly because Sarah Michelle Gellar is so awesome. But so, and I love, like, the... I do think the plastic wrap thing over him is very effective. And I think they do yes, that well. Where I'm just kind it. of trying to look and figure out, like, is yeah. that was that guy always there? So I think that's really creepy. Because um, then she finds her sister dead. Yeah. Um, and so now she goes out into the, or she goes up to the top floor and the fisherman's somehow there now, and then she jumps or falls out the window. Well, she like uses this like pulley system. It's like a simple machine, and it lifts her up to the top floor. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I don't even know what that's a callback to at this point. We've just done callbacks to that every time. Anyway, so like he um, he climbs the stairs as she's using that dumb waiter simple machine pulley system, and then mm. she like badass overs the rail and then like runs to a back room that has no exit. So she's trapped, yeah. right? And he mm-hmm. sort of slowly continues to walk, and then she opens the window, just fucking jumps out of it. I thought it was awesome, right? It's like, yeah. Good oh for yeah, her, she's man. awesome, and she does all of this in heels and a dress. That's why I think she's a badass. She's great. Yeah. Well, okay, so she gets to the alley, and there's fireworks, and like we see the parade starting to go by, and so she's running to the parade, and right before she gets to the parade, he's right behind her. Yeah. And they're fighting in like this giant stack of tires, and then he kills her. Yes. So sad. And she puts up a good fight, man. You see her she like does. fighting off, fighting him off with her hands, and she's. Like, pretty bloody, and it's it's yeah. pretty brutal, man. I think it's a very effective scene, like a chase kill scene, you know? Yeah. And yeah. she's so close to the parade, and they can't hear her screaming because of the band that's playing. It's just, oh, it's so sad. Yeah. While all this stuff is happening to Buffy the Vampire Slayer, we're also, like, seeing Jennifer Love Hewitt's character, like, discover some yeah. things, right? And mm-hmm. she actually discovers what's actually going on, and that's the dad of the daughter is has killed the guy they thought they killed, whatever his name right. was. 
And mm-hmm. they actually ran over the dad, who's sort of a, right. a killer already, right? Right. He has his own tragic story, but he is a murderer, right? Yes, So he she is. goes, and she, I thought she was actually tr- going to try and help Sarah Michelle Gellar, uh, and like mm-hmm. that's what we were waiting on, but Sarah dies, and so she goes to Freddie Prince Jr. to tell him what was going on. Yeah, tell yeah. him, hey, we didn't kill a guy, we, we, we killed a killer. Yeah, we killed yeah. a killer, we're We didn't fine. kill anyone at all. Yeah, but <laughs> Right, we're the heroes. Sort of, but we're still in danger because it's on the loose, yes. right? Yeah, so, and he's going to kill you. Anyway, so she looks at him, and he's like, we got to go find Sarah Michelle Geller and Ryan Phillippe. And he's like, we will, just come on the boat, let's re- relax mm-hmm. for a second. And then she looks at the name of the boat, and it says Billy Blue, and she goes, oh. You fucked Anne Heche? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you only had eyes for me. Is that why you stopped calling me when I went to college? And he's like, we were on a break. Right. <laughs> so I'm just trying to shoehorn in on my 90s references yeah, that I can yeah. think of. Right. <laughs> anyway, so she thinks he's the murderer for three seconds while she runs away. And right. then he gets knocked down by the actual murderer as he chases yes. after her. And then he's mm-hmm. like, I'll save you. Get on my boat. So she does. Right. She's like, thank you, kind stranger. But we don't know he's the murderer yet. But yeah, she thinks the safest place for her to go is onto the boat of a creepy stranger. It's not. You know why it's not, Jen? Because of the implication. Right. <laughs> exactly. Well, and the red string map of murderiness that yes. he's got. Like, just out in the open That's on literally boat. the room she goes into. I know. Because the murderer follows her right in as she's seeing like the pendant they dropped on the dock mm-hmm. and the, the photos that he's taken of them at times where you shouldn't take pictures, right? You mean like this morning when she's at the parade that he yes. got developed and put on his boat as he's trying to kill her the whole time? Yeah, he went right. to the one hour photo, bro. While he was wiring the uh, electronics thing at department store to work on a garage door <laughs> opener that he had in his raincoat pocket. Exactly. Yeah. He was very busy. He was a busy day, guys. Yeah. I know, but she walks into the room and she sees a bloody hook on top of a manuscript that says, I'm actually the killer the whole time. <laughs> yes. Um, so now she knows that she's in danger. <laughs> so now he's like, okay, fuck, I'm the killer and I'm now I'm going to kill you. Well, he knows there's no hiding it because there's evidence all around the room she's in. Oh, he says, you've been such a little detective too, Julie. And it's just as creepy when he says it. It is. Uh, <laughs> but he's got his hook, but not his jacket on now. Um, so now Julie's running around the boat, but he's always one step ahead. But she finds a flare gun. Does she? And- <laughs> does she find a flare gun? It j- throws it overboard. I just drove me insane because she finds and lo- why didn't she just jump off the boat? None of this matters. Yeah, she yeah, was like she really close off the boat. Yeah, she could have jumped off the boat and swam to shore, and it would have been fucking fine. She would have. There been- are sharks. There are not sh- whatever. I mean, maybe there's a shark. The- That's fine. There, the the chances of there being a shark are minimal at least. But there's a murderer on the boat. That's Get true. off the boat, Jennifer. Why was she not holding on to the flare gun? Like what? Hey, like- at least she hasn't dumped gasoline all over herself. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's a win she- in the Jennifer column, yes. So this guy's like driving recklessly at the bridge and makes her drop the flare gun. It's literally just because he puts the power on the gas and she stumbles backwards and then the right. gun flies over the rail or whatever. Yeah, she right. throws exactly. it over her head. But so now Freddie Prince Jr. is following them. And he commandeers a boat. He does, yeah. And he's climbing aboard. Um, and then the fisherman says, welcome aboard, Ray. Because I guess that's his name. I guess that um, is his name, but we didn't know that. Yeah. <laughs> Billy Blue. Right. <laughs> I can't. He's like, I can't believe you had sex with David's sister. It's so weird. After you thought you murdered him, like I, I murdered you for different reasons, but it's still really odd that you made those choices. Yeah, it's like you're as bad as I am in this, right? So now, um, Freddie Prince Jr. and the fisherman are fighting on the boat, and she like unleashes the sails to come down, and there's more boat fighting. 
And and then like Freddie Prince Jr. is about to like get in a kill shot, and Julie like screams at him and distracts him. Yeah, yeah. she literally <laughs> pops up from the lower decks just to be like, "Hey, Freddie Prince Jr., look at me for three seconds while you die." Like, there's right. no reason for her to do that. Well, she goes into a room and she like someone's trying to get the door open, and she has to take someone, her sweater Jen, off. Someone, the someone, murderer, Jen, the, the murderer. <laughs> Gordon Fisherman's trying to get in there, right? But yeah, so she, and she's trying to get into like this side compartment or whatever and she can't yeah. lift it up so she well no she does she gets into the side compartment and then she tries to go from the side compartment into the diamond slash maybe ice hatch and she yeah. can't open that one so she figures she should take her clothes off to get leverage i guess None so, of that made sense this boat's as big as a cruise ship for some reason <laughs> fun fact about that scene they realized that they shot half the scenes with her having a sweater on and oh, the other half no with her shit. not having a sweater on so they had to add that scene in no to make there be a, yeah oh my <laughs> that's god that's the only reason that scene exists that's hilarious wow. oh I wow know. okay that's amazing <laughs> i mean that fits the movie yeah good you know? for them they cared more right. about continuity than story, but good for them. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> hey, somebody noticed at some point. Yeah, good um, for them. But anyway, so she gets into a room of ice, and this is when Mikey when she finds all of the bodies, which is a very slasher thing. Yeah, this is the terrible place, like you've talked about from Men, Women, yeah. and Chainsaws, right? And this looks horrible. The bodies in here look horrible. I didn't recognize the first one as Buffy. It, oh, was it Buffy? I just thought it was random dead person. I think it's supposed to be Buffy and Ryan. Oh, right. they did not look yeah. anything like either of them. It did. No, they yeah. did not. Well, and that's not ice. It's gelatin, apparently. So maybe some of the gelatin like melted on them or it something. It doesn't look at all like ice. No, it, it really looks like doesn't. diamonds. Like Mikey was saying, it looks like diamonds. <laughs> he's a bajillionaire. I, mean, I know. <laughs> she just like puts them in her pockets as she's like fighting the rest of the movie. He's like, I'll hide these bodies in my Scrooge McDuck hold. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so then the fisherman finds her and, um, and she's like menacing her from above. And then Freddie hits him with like the hook rope, like Black Christmas style. Yeah. Yeah. And it knocks him out and then he helps her out but surprise the fisherman's still awake and he says happy fourth of july julie and then he, he tries to swing down yeah he tries to yeah. swing down with his claw and he gets his arm stuck in a pulley system it's a simple machine mm -hmm. and then freddie it prince is. jr knows exactly which lever to pull to lift it up it's not a simple machine it's a complex machine because freddie <laughs> prince jr throws the switch <laughs> exactly and, and then that rips his hand off as he reaches the top and then he falls mm -hmm. into the water and then He's dead. Or he is dead. He? Yeah, he gets rope thrown into the water. Exactly. This is the only yeah. horror movie we've watched where I was like, okay, so this is like, he's definitely alive. Like, no, ev everyone would have survived that. Yes. Exactly. And then later on, they are finding, they're saying, yeah, we specifically didn't find his body. So, right. yeah, he's probably right behind you right now. The person who's like got the net's like, oh, we got something, which they would only know by the weight of it. That hand okay. is not heavy enough to even be noticed by that weight, but whatever. Right. So they pull it up and it's just the hand. And then the officer says the body will turn up they usually do right <laughs> we don't care like that is pretty much just saying the body will turn up in the sequel guys calm down yeah mm -hmm. it'll be fine yeah. don't worry about it yeah because but he does have the hook though the hand and the hook like which i guess right. is like rigor mortis that the hand wouldn't have fallen off the hook and it's death yeah it's in its it's death grip jen death it grip. is yeah. yeah but so they're talking to them and they're apparently have gotten back together now because they're embracing and freddie says i love you i never stopped loving you even when i was masquerading as billy blue and <laughs> <laughs> no one gets me the way you do and then she says i understand your pain and, oh my god oh my god, god. <laughs> that felt like it was a line from edward scissorhands it was so emo yeah and 
and then so they ask the police ask why do you think this guy would want you dead and they say <laughs> I, oh, did love this. I don't know they look back <laughs> no. and forth at each other like we have no idea <laughs> and they're like all right wrap it up boys exactly right yeah so they've learned nothing no. Because the point was they should have called the authorities. They should have actually dealt with this and faced their pain and that this trauma is going to follow you. And so now they just have more trauma that's going to follow them. And they, But they've allowed themselves to feel like better people because the guy they killed was bad. It literally is like a sitcom that like no matter what happens, no matter how crazy it is, you know, by the beginning of the next episode, it's all going to be back to normal. Exactly. Like the Simpsons or Family Guy. Yeah, It feels very much like that. Right, right. They're still going to be the same people. There's, right. They've learned nothing. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. They just have let, them, let themselves off the hook, uh-huh. pun intended. So now it's one year later. One year later. And now we're back at Julie's college. And, and she's she, naked. No, she's well, in a she's towel. Wearing a towel. She's in a towel. <laughs> Calm down. Uh, but she's talking to Freddie Prince Jr. on the phone. And he it's implied that he's back at call or that he is at college now. Yes. Because she's talking about going to New York. And she's happy now. You can tell she's yeah. like her hair's a little more wavy. Well, something. and she's finally yeah. um, taking a shower. Uh-huh. Yeah, and this is when her roommate comes in the room and delivers a piece of mail. Although mm-hmm. when I say roommate, I mean just shadow. Yeah, because you don't you don't see her. The shout it's all foggy, and she and so we see a shadow that may or may not be the fisherman, and then we see written on the glass, the steamy glass is. Let's talk about the note first, because she that's the misdirection. So the, oh, she goes right. out yeah, to yeah. check the note, and it looks like the same handwriting as the oh. murderer. Mm-hmm. And she opens <gasps> it, and it says "pool party, come to a pool party" or whatever. And she's like, <laughs> "This reminds me of the murders I was a part of." <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a scare. That was a real right. fright. And then she goes back into the shower. That is the biggest shower I've ever seen in my life. The nicest college bathroom I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's like steamy and whatever. And then in the door, it says, I still know. Right. And then she hears a noise and she turns around to look. And then Fisherman jumps through the window like Candyman style and attacks her. Yes. And And that's that's the the movie. movie. Yeah. The credits roll. You want to hear the alternate ending? Yes. Is there an alternate ending? Fuck yes. There is an alternate ending. And they actually filmed it too. It's not as exciting. There's a reason they changed the ending. So apparently she was supposed to be in college and got an email. And the email said, I still know, but it was in scary font or something. And then the fisherman (laughs) (laughs) jumped out to get Exactly. Yeah, yeah. It's in murder sands. Oh, Comic sands implies go. humor. Jen, excuse me. It was in serious sands. <laughs> yes, it was. <laughs> That's how you save the world with that. Yeah, but thought. if you if you write an email in in sands, you, you're going to be picking that stuff out of weird places for like a year. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, okay. We've done so many callbacks, and I love it. Let's do it. I know. Uh, But then somebody was supposed to, like, I guess the fisherman was going to jump out of, like, a closet or something to get her. And they cut it and redid it because that is really boring and anticlimactic. Like, But they used that scene as a teaser trailer for the next movie. Oh, no shit. Okay. The next, the sequel is called I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Okay, interesting. All right. So that was an early fun fact, but I don't think we're ready for those. I yet. liked it. So having seen the movie, having talked about the movie, let's get some final thoughts. What do you guys think about it now? It took me back to middle school. Like, I think I saw it in middle school. Yeah, probably. At the movie theater. I mean, it, I was a, it was a huge nostalgia trip for me, and I, I liked it. It was silly and good in all the ways that 90s movies can be. 
Absolutely. Yep, totally agree. Yeah, I thought it was fun. It was fun to talk about. I do mm-hmm. think there is, like, this is the kind of movie that I love because it is silly and fun, but there's a lot of, like, deeper conversation you could have if you choose to dig into it, but you don't have to. You could also just enjoy it, you know? Yeah. So I thought it was really fun. I, I've got a soft spot for 90s slasher movies. Oh, me yeah. too. I never saw them in the 90s, but I do sort of f- feel very nostalgic for this time period just because it was, like, mm-hmm. uh, around my coming of age time. So I, I honestly enjoyed some of that the music sort of tripped me out because it was mm-hmm. very like 90s bad music but the music like I loved in high school you know there's like a softness to it too like a lot of these they don't there's not a lot of nudity there's not a lot no. of like really gory murder there is you know? some male gaze especially with Jennifer Love Hewitt but it's not a yeah. whole lot it's not that mm-hmm. bad it's not like 70s 80s bad Right, it's not egregious. And once we start watching some of these 80s slasher movies, I think there there's a big contrast. Yeah. You know? So anyway, I think it's worth watching. I think it's a fun mm-hmm. movie. It's not a good movie, but it's a fun movie <laughs> to watch. And it's yeah. not really that scary. Like, I think a horror no. version could watch this easily. There are a For few, sure. like, icky kind of tense moments. Not a lot of jump scares. There are a few here and there, but it's not bad. But let's talk box office. So what do you guys think the budget for this movie was? And of course, it was in the 90s. It was 97. So what do you guys think the budget for this movie was? 10 million. 15. Mikey is closer. It was 17 million. Ah. It was released on October 17th, 1997. What do you guys think it made in its opening weekend domestically? I think it probably did pretty well. I'm going to say 40 million. 35. Guys, this is just its opening weekend. 22. So is that too high? Yeah, it's way too high. 7 million. (laughs) In its opening weekend, it was number one at the box office, and it made $15.8 million. Nice. Number two at the box office was Devil's Advocate. They both opened on the same day, and I Know What You Did Last Summer beat it. I love Devil's Advocate. (laughs) And then filling out the rest of the top ten was Kiss the Girls, Seven Years in Tibet, in and out which is great, Soul Food, Rocket Man, The Peacemaker, L.A. Confidential, and Bean. So all of those are the top ten that week, Mm. but it beat all of those movies. So it made $15 million domestically in its opening weekend. What do you guys think it made, both domestic and international, in its total mm. box office run. 65 million. 110. Wow, Mikey, you're pretty close. It was 125 yeah. million dollars. If you um adjust for inflation, it's uh, around 143 million. It actually it did amazing. It did great. I'm sure that's why it got a sequel. This is a fun movie. I imagine like I don't remember going to see it, but I I could imagine walking out and saying, "Yeah, that was a little dumb, but I have fun." Yeah, I mean, absolutely. But that's box mm-hmm. office. Jen, you got some fun facts for us? I do have some fun facts. So this was adapted from a a young adult novel by Lois Duncan in 1973 by the same name. It's called I Know What You Did Last Summer. And and the plot is significantly different. Like it it? it wasn't a boy. Yeah, they hit and kill a boy on a bike. Oh, wow. And they do anonymous. Yeah, they anonymously call the police. There's no fisherman angle. It's not in a fishing village. It's not a slasher. I don't want to spoil the book if you do want to read it. Um but it's very, very different. Interesting. And so, Lo- so Lois Duncan knew, I was reading a quote by her, and uh, she said, oh, yeah, I was really excited. I kind of, it was so long ago, I kind of forgot I wrote that book. Um, but so <laughs> she... <laughs> But she went to see the movie and it didn't realize till she was in the theater watching it how significant the changes were. Really? Yeah. She was like, I think they tried to keep me away from it because they didn't think I would like the changes. And she did hate the changes. She hated what they did to him. I'm sure. Because they changed her from her source material, but also because she, her youngest daughter 
was killed it by I'm not exactly sure what happened, but she was killed in an unsolved murder Ugh. when she was 18. So she didn't like watching these teenagers get murdered. Like this. I'm sure so, not. Yeah. Yeah. So she has not. She hates this movie. So there are sequels. There's I still know what you did last summer, yep. which is that is so bad. It's good. Silly fun. Oh, really? Yeah, um, Brandy and Mackay Pfeiffer are in it. Jack Black is in it. Wow. It's, wow. Yeah, it's basically, have you seen it, Mikey? Yeah, I've seen it, but it's been a long time. You want a quick box office fun fact about it? Yeah. It did better its opening weekend than I Know What You Did last summer. It made $16.5 in its opening weekend, but total box office worldwide, it only made 40 Really? Yeah. yeah, it's not that good. It's basically this movie set in the Caribbean. <laughs> there's also i'll always know what you did last summer which went straight to dvd and has a rotten tomato score of zero oh Oh, wow okay yeah so apparently it's terrible um there's a reboot in the works right now but there hasn't been yeah but there hasn't been any movement on it recently but guys guess who fucking wrote the script with somebody else i want to say who mike flanagan no shit Yes. I'd love to see him direct something like this. I would too, man. I would love it because I think he could really go into a lot of the emotional things we were talking about. Yeah. Uh, And I just love him. Okay. So let's talk about casting. So Sarah Michelle Gellar was currently on Buffy at the time. Jennifer Love Hewitt was currently on Party of Five at the time. Melissa Joan Hart apparently turned down one of the roles. Because she thought it was a scream rip off. I'm not exactly sure which role it was, if it was um, Buffy's character or Jennifer Love Hewitt's character. Yeah. Reese Witherspoon was in conversation to be in one of these, but I think she turned it down. But she's the one who suggested Brian Phillippe for this part because huh. she they were dating at the time. And this was like a big breakthrough movie for him. Yeah. Um, yeah. And after this movie, this is how she or he and Sarah Michelle Gellar got cast in Cruel Intentions. They also considered Danielle Harris for the part of Julie, and she is in Halloween 4, 5, and 6, so she's kind of like horror royalty. She's also the roommate in Urban Legend, who oh, is like yeah. a super goth girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Jeremy Sisto was considered for Freddie Prince Jr.'s role, which I think would have been much better. Yeah, probably. I think anyone. I think a ham sandwich would have been much better, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you probably could have seen that Jennifer Love Hewitt at least wanted the ham sandwich. Ex- true, yeah. <laughs> Um, And the ham sandwich maybe would have had a personality. Um, So there is like almost no on-screen blood in this movie because the director, Jim Gillespie, really didn't want it to be gratuitous. Um, But then the producer said, hey, you got to add a little more blood in. So he reshot the scene where the sister gets killed to make it more clear what's happening and just make it a little bloodier. So the beach that they go to is named Dawson's Beach. Yes, I did I did hear that, and I was like, oh my God, is it like a throwback to Dawson's Creek? It is, yeah, it's a throwback to Dawson's Creek, because I think he was working on Dawson's Creek at the time that this was filmed. So when they were marketing this, there was kind of a some drama. Columbia is the studio that owned this one, and they ran posters saying, from the creator of Scream. Now, Miramax, huh. which is the studio that owned Scream, sued them because while Kevin Williamson did write Scream, Wes Craven was the director of Scream. Oh. And so they didn't want that. That felt like that was misleading. And to his credit, Williamson 
had asked them to remove that when he saw it. But so they just didn't want the lawsuit, so they pulled the pulled the poster. Yeah, I know. So when they were filming, the four of them would hang out a lot together. And Freddie Prince Jr. was the only one who was 21 at the time. So he, he was talking about having to buy them all beer. Yeah. Or like he was the buyer for them. Talking about committing a felony? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That's a misdemeanor. Oh, is it? Okay. Okay, and so Sarah Michelle Geller and Freddie Prince Jr. started dating like two years after this movie wrapped. Although they did, they became really good friends on this movie. Sure. But they got married. Really? And they, yeah, they're still married. What? So it's like, I think 18 years at this point. Yeah. Wow. Good and for they them, did, man. I know. It's really sweet. They're like one of those Hollywood sweet, sweet couples, you know, and they did both the Scooby-Doo movies together too. Oh, yeah. cool. And those are my fun facts. Well, thank you for your fun facts, Jen. Well, you're very welcome. So let's do that scary scale. Hey, listeners, our scary scale is a scale we use to rank how scary we think the movie is. It's not a ranking of the quality of the movie. It's how scared we were when we watched it. Our one example is Ghostbusters, and our 10 example is Texas Chainsaw Massacre. All right, Todd, what are you giving I Know What You Did Last Summer? I'm going to give it a two. It's not really that scary, but there were some, like, creepy scenes, and there's uh, one or two jump scares that sort of made me start, you know, get like, oh, God. Uh, and like, all right, we sort of talked about them as we went through it, but I'm going to give it a two. It's not yeah. that scary. Yeah. Nah. Mikey. Uh, I'm definitely going to give it a one. That makes sense. Yeah. I'm going to give it a one too. Yeah. It's, there, uh, there's a lot I like about it. And I think there's a lot of scary imagery that just doesn't quite have the emotional punch behind it to make it actually scare yeah. me. You know, it was like a good teen horror movie, like intro to horror. It feels like reading the fear street books or yes! like goosebumps. And I mean, that's kind of what, like, that's what the source material came from. And like, that's part of why I think I like it so much is because it just kind of has that comforting horror feel to it, you know? Yeah. So this week you guys made me watch. I know what you did last summer. What are you making me watch next week? Next week, we are watching one of the franchises we haven't really gotten to yet. Um, next week, we're going to watch The Purge, the original oh, one. nice. Yeah. I'm actually really scared to watch these movies because they look like they're going to be full of, like, specifically the scares I don't like, which are jump scares. Yeah, this one might get you. Um, yeah. Although... Ethan Hawke will be there to solve Love Ethan Hawke, man. All right, guys. We'll watch The Purge for next week. Yes. And this is the first, the original Purge right? Ethan Hawke. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? Nope. All right. Well, <laughs> while you look up a review to read, let me explain how they can have their review run on the podcast. And that is simply to leave us a review on Apple iTunes and give us a five-star rating and then type in some text for Mikey to read. And then we'll simply read it on the podcast. It is literally that easy. So, Mikey, do you have a review for us to read? I got one from AT5115. Awesome. They say it's a great podcast. I agree. They say, uh, I actually listened to the horror version on Spotify, but I thought I'd cover my bases (laughs) on Apple, too. Oh, Oh, awesome. I caught Jen on the Losers Club where she blew me away with her Stephen King commentary. Oh, nice. I followed her to the horror version, which, in my opinion only, hit its stride for me on the Shining episode when everyone got super real on the alcoholic theme of the movie. (laughs) Yeah, thanks. That's fair. I do think that's a good episode. That is a good episode. I'm playing catch up and I and recommend that anyone into horror or not into horror but open to experiencing it secondhand should listen to the horror version. Five stars. Thank you so much for that awesome, yeah. awesome review. And if you guys want us to read your review on the podcast, leave us a five-star review. Yep, it's just that easy. All right, guys, we are a member of the Consequence Podcast Network, so listen to their podcast, like The Losers Club, that was just right. mentioned in that, in that review. Or yeah. The Halloweenies, or This mm-hmm. Must Be the Gig, Kyle Meredith with The Fifth Dimension, uh, The Opus, The Assembly. So, guys, check them out. They're great. Also, check out their website, Consequence of Sound. And if you want to check yeah. out all of our shit, go to HorrorVirgin.com or follow us on social at HorrorVirgin. Yeah. And if you want to follow us all individually, go to 
Jen is at Jen Ferratu with two N's. Mikey is at M Randolph 24 and I am at Todd J awesome. And if you want to help financially support the show, please do by going to patreon.com slash horror virgin. We got a lot of great levels and a lot of great things. Just sign up for a level, get all your great perks and uh, you know, participate in listener requests. And I'm doing a discussion series and watch through series on the haunting of Hill house. Yeah. That people really have been cool. enjoying. So guys mm-hmm. enjoy all of that stuff. Oh, and if you can't financially support the show, but still want your daily free content, go to the Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash horror virgin or we link it once a week you'll see it just yeah. click on it and go through and then join the group we're a growing very welcoming awesome community guys so check it out yes and thank you so much for joining us yeah. tonight um we hope you had a wonderful fourth of july or a wor- wonderful holiday weekend hope you didn't get murdered by a fisherman i know but if you did you know hope that it wasn't for keeps and you're going to come back and like menace them <laughs> for the next year so yeah, absolutely absolutely <laughs> so yeah thanks that's going to be it for us today guys i'm jen I'm Mikey. And I'm your horror virgin Todd, guys. Have a great week. Bye. I do really like fish sticks, guys. Fish stick nerds. <laughs> I grew up on fish sticks. I hate them now. I can't eat them. I haven't eaten them in forever. But I, I like remember tartar really sauce, man. Them. I like tartar oh, sauce. Oh, yeah, you do. Tartar mm. sauce is like lumpy mayonnaise. <laughs> you know what else is like lumpy mayonnaise, Jen? Nope, mm. nope. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, Google, Google lumpy mayonnaise. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Consequence Podcast Network.